0: I want to get really clear on that. It's not about fuck the patriarchy. That is the wrong come from. It's about, hey, integrated men. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> integrated yep. men. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. Now, you could define and we could go into what, what is an integrated man. I think it's a man that has mastery over the wellness pentagon that I've shared mm-hmm. for sure. But also, it's a man who's willing to, outside of that, do his work to clear his stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when
0: I show up with Carrie and my father wound's activated, it's not like it's her fault. She's actually, in a, in a way, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> she's she's bringing forth in me what needs to be healed. Welcome to relationships. No. In that oh, moment, it's the
2: medicine, right? In- you are listening to the Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi.
3: What is up, everybody? This is Chase. So, long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early 20s. Despite following the mainstream script for happiness, we actually divorced for three years.
2: Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love?
3: Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you.
2: Let's go take the medicine. Hey, hey, audio fam, thank you for joining us on another epic episode of The Medicine. A few weeks ago, we traveled to Austin, Texas for a podcast tour interviewing some truly incredible minds. As our last stop, we were welcomed by our good friend, Josh Trent, into his beautiful studio to record in person. And man, there is something so magical about sharing space with the person you are interviewing. It's like you get into this beautiful bubble where nothing else exists for a couple hours. It is complete presence. And getting to connect with people like Josh is medicine for Chase and I. So Josh Trent is the founder of Wellness Force Media, host of the Wellness and Wisdom podcast, and the creator of the Breathe, Breath, and Wellness program. Josh has spent the last 19 plus years as a trainer, researcher, and facilitator, discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. The Wellness Force Media mission is to help humans heal mental, emotional, and physical health through podcasts, programs, and a global community that believe in optimizing our potential to live life well. Josh's life is dedicated to supporting humanity coming together as one, which I'm sure you would agree with us, is critical for us all to realize and step into. We cover a lot in this conversation and I'm really grateful for Josh's level of openness and vulnerability with us. It's always an honor for us to hold the space for our guests to open up and share what's actually on their heart and what they're currently navigating in their own life. Some of the topics today include Josh's background and early life, growing up with a very unstable home environment, his tumultuous relationship with God and self-love, conscious relationship struggles and insights, how men and women can work together to create a more unified world, Josh's thoughts on the root issues behind gender identity and confusion, and so much more. If this is your first time listening to The Medicine, first of all, welcome. Um, I want you to know though, that one of our core values here is to provide the space for differing views on all topics, which is why we actually ask our guests to share a quote-unquote unpopular opinion that they maintain. It is a ninja life skill for us all to be able to listen to someone else's opinions with curiosity rather than judgment. And this conversation is absolutely no different. It's a long one, we know that, but it's definitely worth the entire listen, even if you have to come back to it to finish it. And if you enjoyed it, please help us spread this information by sharing to your Instagram story or sending directly to someone you love. We appreciate it so much. You can learn more about Josh and all of his offerings and connect with him at wellnessforce.com and follow him on Instagram at josh joshtrentofficial. All right. Enjoy my loves. Welcome back to the Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I got my love, my king here with me.
3: What is going on, everybody? This is Chase. I am so excited today. This is, this is the last stop on our Austin podcast tour. Come on. Maybe save the best for last. Longtime homie of mine. Uh, This guy I've been not only just connecting with, but been able to watch and witness and uh, look up to in this niche podcast, health and wellness space that's sort of blowing up and not so niche anymore.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Mr.
3: Josh Trent. Welcome to the medicine podcast, my friend.
0: I love it. I love the spelling, too. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's supposed yeah. to
2: be, you know, like right away, you know, it's a different type of medicine.
0: That's cool. We're not and, talking and how about- do you, I'm not, I'm not going to take over, I promise. <laughs> how do you uh, spell that? What was the genesis of spelling it like that with, without the E? So the genesis of the
3: name was we're, we're back together after this, you know, complete roller coaster relationship journey. And we're in Coronado uh, one day and we know that we want to start a podcast. We're like, God, we've got this incredible story. Uh, we're both like wildly passionate about this health and wellness space. Yeah. We need a really badass name. And, um, of course, the term medicine gets thrown around a lot for psychedelics. And it's a little bit of a catchy term. Um, So I decided to go swimming. We're like, let's just ask our subconscious. Mm -hmm. uh, Let's just request to our subconscious what's a perfect name for what we're trying to encapsulate, if you will. And uh, so, uh, like I often do. I ask the question, I let go of any attachment for an answer, mm-hmm. and I like to exercise uh, in this kind of process of seeing what shakes out. So I go for a 45-minute swim, may or may not be using medicine while I'm swimming <laughs> at, a, at a micro level. Like mushy? Like, I'll take a okay. little, uh, little like, small dose of ketamine. Okay. Um, or a small yeah. dose of, like, yeah, uh, so there is some psychedelics. Thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and I get out of the pool, like, 45 minutes later, and and... Uh, Megan is sitting on the, um, uh, like by the pool laying in the sun. And I I just go the medicine and I just showed up to me. Um, and And I was was, into
2: it. I was like, yes, yes. that sounds great. And then it was just a back and forth of, okay, it needs to be a different type. We need to spell it differently. We need to, you know, and then it was just back and forth from there. But it's like hearing truth. When you hear truth, capital T truth, it just clicks. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't, there's no like convincing that needs to happen. It's just like, yep. Perfect.
0: It kind of sticks to your yeah. cells. Yes. Yeah. Whenever you hear yeah. truth. Yeah. yeah. And then if people get really good, they can kind of fake it being true. <laughs> yeah. Where they know how to enunciate, maybe NLP, whatever. Yeah. And then at some point, we have to be really, really, uh, you know, picky yeah. about who we listen to. Yeah. Totally yeah. dialed in because the, the truth can sometimes feel like the truth, but it ain't. Yeah. E- yeah. yeah. Even ourselves, right?
3: The ego is so quick to catch up with what Paul Check would call the soul. Yeah. It will impersonate. The soul, mm-hmm. and it might be actually just your anxiety that's talking, but mm-hmm. it's gotten so good at impersonating the higher self that you think it's your intuition. Was well, going to be this kind of podcast. Oh, yeah, right? we're going to do it. <laughs> we, cool. uh, so speaking of the medicine, we got a, we got a question we ask every guest, usually the first question we ask every guest on the medicine, yeah. and that is, what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human?
0: what i just did breath breath Mm. yeah i have a program called breathe breath and wellness it's at breathwork.io and there's like a thousand students in the program and i found it because of my own anxiety and depression Mm. Mm. so there's millions as you both know millions and millions of people uncountable people uncountable numbers of people that are dealing with um anxiety and depression yeah so that's the greatest gift I would give to anyone is like the unlocking of the chains that we self create by taking them off with yeah. breath mm. and I think that it doesn't have to be so complicated so and then with that, after that comes freedom, right right mm-hmm. if I'm breathing properly, if I'm taking care of myself, if I'm loving myself, if I'm nourishing myself in all the ways, yeah. you know I yeah. actually added on something to paul's quadrant model, you know there's the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, financial, yeah. and I feel like. Financial is a big one because a lot of people don't have that understanding. So maybe that would be like a number two. I would teach Mm. people about like, hey, money is actually your friend. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to have a wound about money anymore. So those two things. Mm, I love that. That's so spot
2: on. And breath is like, um, I think it's so unique in that it's a tool that we have wherever we go. Costs nothing. And most people have no idea how to utilize it to its greatest capacity to calm themselves or to amp themselves up. Sometimes it's just innate, you know, before like big lift or something, it's just innate. You don't have to be taught that. But I think we do have to be taught how to regulate it such that we can be more in like our parasympathetic nervous system And um, really like regulating stress levels and everything. But we're just like, it's one of those, (laughs) one of those things, one of those tools that you look back on and like in your schooling years and you're like, fuck, (laughs) I learned geometry and trigonometry that I will never use in my life. And many other things. And many other things. yeah. And no one taught me how to breathe properly. That seems Mm -hmm. like it should be, you know. Uh, yeah. 101 and, um, you know, very, very basic elementary.
0: It's because those teachers aren't breathing themselves. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. and it's not to shame anyone, right? Like right. I'm, not, I'm not here to shame, but man, uh, what we don't know, we can't ever embody.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if
0: I don't know, if, if I've never been modeled from my parents how to breathe, how to interrelate, how to mm-hmm. be in a loving, connected relationship, yeah. how to use nonviolent yeah. communication, like, yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good luck, you know, because then you're going to have to go find it and you might be in your 40s when right. you find it, yeah. which is OK, too. So, I think yeah. I think that we all have our unique path. But yeah, I, I hear you. Like, what if we could design a school, which we are here in Austin? There's a lot of families that are designing schools here in Austin. Mm, mm. That's cool. Um, Mickey Willis, the director yeah. of the Plandemic, yeah. he has a private situation where they're all funding a teacher mm. and then they have direct like loving connection with the mm. curriculum. I with, love with that. With what the kids are being taught. Because I don't know about y'all, but when my kids are old enough to go to school, they ain't going to public <laughs> no, school. Dude, okay. same. We've, same. They ain't going to public no, school. Yeah, totally. That'll kill their creativity. We've they will not be an it. entrepreneur. They will not be self-empowered. Like, no, thank you. And this right. is what, what I
3: love that that folks like Mickey and, and you know, Sounds Like Yourself and, and where we will be, if not, uh, you know, where we are already. And that is creating these parallel structures, yeah. these parallel communities yeah. that become so strong and vital that those who are still potentially attached or, uh, you know, some of them not even to their, to their fault, but they're aligned with this old way of mm-hmm. learning, living, loving, acting. They will see a thriving model that is different and have no choice except denial, uh, but to be attracted to that.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we're, we're cellular representation of our parents. So yeah. however I come into the world... Like if you study Mark Wolin's work, it didn't start with you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a cell in our grandmother when she comes yeah. into the world. We're yeah. right there. We're in her. So anything that happens, like we're, we're taking that. So there's like this epigenetic emotional transfer we get. There's this physical transfer. Like we are the byproduct of so many, so many. Like it gets me emotional just thinking about it. like we're, we are yeah. just a little writing on a book. I saw this once in a medicine journey where mm. I saw my name in a book. It was like on a page. Mm. And there was uncountable names behind me and there's uncountable names in front of me. And so if that's the case, then how can we learn from both of them? Mm -hmm. How can we create space to learn from our ancestors and also not be taken advantage of when our children are old enough to live in the future? Yeah. Yeah. So we're in an interesting juxtaposition. Totally.
2: So the names in the book were... Your future children, grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera, I mean, and ancestors. I didn't, ancestors? I didn't that... recognize
0: that. Like, I wasn't yeah. like, that's Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but, but I just felt the gravity of, yeah. of us being here on planet Earth and just like how finite our lives are. It's so, yeah. like, yeah. look what we get to do right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. This is so amazing. Yeah. And this is also earned. Like, in 2015, my life looked completely different. I'm sure. No private studio, no podcast, nothing. And so I I think that there is some suffering that we have to go through. I don't know if you want to label it unfortunate or fortunate, but like we all go through it. And I feel like it's a necessary part of exactly all the aspects that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. whether it's education or physical health or spiritual health or mental health or churches, all of this stuff is like being shook or it's already on the ground burning. Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. Well, I I think that's, I think
3: that's a perfect segue. You know, I, I would imagine that much of our audience uh, has heard of you, listened to your show, uh, but for those who haven't, um, Mm. briefly, you know, two to three sentences, take a few minutes. Two to three sentences, wow. (laughs) All right. Um, (laughs) What are you up to in the world today, Josh Trent? Yeah. And uh, maybe we can get into a little bit where you came from and and how you got to this position where you are just passionately living as you. Mm. I really
0: like that tee up. That's a cool way to ask that. Yeah, I, I came from La Mesa, California, which is like East County, San Diego. And um, I was raised by a mom that was dealing with like pretty severe mental health issues. So she had uh, bipolar. Mm. And my dad left home when I was super young. So I didn't necessarily have that, that um, example or that construct of like a healthy mom, healthy dad at home. And so with the work I've done, I know I chose it but it took me a long time to choke on that truth that I actually chose my parents and Mm. I chose the situation because if I choose something else, then I'm disempowered. Mm. So it's not not spiritual bypassing. I think some people might hear that and they might be like, oh, he's just like mentally fabricating that it works out for him. Well, what's the alternative? Yeah. What's the alternative if I don't do that? And maybe I am. (laughs) Maybe I am making up a a mental construct where um, everything works out for me, even when it's really fucking hard. (laughs) And so- Cool. Now I'm sitting here with y'all and I'm not under stress. So that's easier for me to say, but that's where I came from. And then what I am now, I'm a father. Um, I have a 15 month old son named Nova and, uh, we've been living in Austin for two years. And the wellness and wisdom podcast is where we talk about, uh, the five things, you know, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, financial wellness. Like how do we live our life? Well, how do we be here on planet earth and, and leave it good for the names on the book mm-hmm. that are coming after us? Yeah. So it's an exploration of all these things, right? But it centers around intelligence. And I feel like true intelligence is something that you embody. Like you can't, it's really easy right now where everyone's an expert and everyone's got uh, reach and information they can put out. But the most important thing is, like, you gather, you apply, and then lastly, you embody. Mm. And I think it's the embodiment that we're all chasing. I know us three at the table, like, we're chasing embodiment. Mm. Yeah. So that's, like, the end goal. That's, like, the the juice of the podcast is to get people to that embodiment. Yeah. yeah.
2: I love that. Because knowledge is just knowledge unless you do something with it. The hieroglyphics
0: it. were knowledge. Yeah, right. Like right. cave paintings were knowledge. Yeah. What are we going to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I would love if you could touch on, because some of our listeners might know your brain your brand your podcast as wellness force. Certainly a it lot of died. people know
0: it died. So yes. so
2: tell us a, l- a little bit, if you can, about that transition from wellness force to wellness and wisdom, right? Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Um, two 2222 this year. Um, I had, uh, already been planning it ever since we did actually a mushroom journey as a mm-hmm. couple, Carrie and I on new year's Eve 2021. And I just was telling her like, I feel like I'm out of integrity. I really feel like I'm out of integrity. I, I don't like the word force anymore. Mm. The etymology, the energy of the word force is very constricting to me when I say it out loud. And also, like, I had gotten business mentorship to, to have, I've never actually said this on a podcast. I got mentored by somebody who was very popular in the health space, and he was like, you have to name it this, this is awesome. And back then I knew there was this tiny little shred mm. of me. Maybe it was like one quarter of 1% that I knew that was going to be what I would go to market with, but I knew it wasn't mine. Mm-hmm. I knew it was like kind of like also his. So I needed to cut that cord as well. Interesting. Yeah. I get so, that. Yeah. So not only did the etymology of the word force like not gel with my heart yeah. anymore, I was like, okay, I'm going to cut all cords of the past too. So two twenty two twenty two seemed like a fucking great day to do that. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that's when wellness and wisdom was born on uh, February 2nd of this year. Love um, it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, force is very masculine and
0: there's nothing wrong with it no. but look yeah. at hawkins work right power versus force yeah like power comes from peace yeah so if i'm and you guys know this you've, you've been through relationship and relationship is the ultimate crucible to learn the difference between power and force if ever mm-hmm. i try to force my woman to do something how does that work out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how does that work right, out you right. know? and so vice versa there's wisdom and yeah. power but but force is much different yeah yeah
2: i love yeah. that that's so great
3: love that man you know as we continue to you know get to know you further and and we definitely want to get to like relationships and, and parenting and family. You know, our, our show is heavily in, in kind of the relationship space, and as we hope to consciously curate a, a family, um, we really want to drill into, to you know, what you've learned along the way. Yeah. Uh, but first, would love to hear how you define God and how <laughs> you interact uh, with God in your life.
0: Well, that's a nice little... Small softball question <laughs> that we, we could sit. All right, so I'll, I'll answer that, but I also want to like speak to the people that are here with us because mm-hmm. um, I had a big wound with God for a long time. I was angry at God for probably 30 years plus. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I was like 34, 35, right around the time I found the medicine that I really just realized I had been so angry at God that it was like this weight that I was pulling around in a radio flyer wagon. It was just way too much to carry anymore. And over the next three, four years, I really started to seek God because you can't know God from a book or you can't even honestly, you can't know God from the Bible either.
1: Mm -mm.
0: You have to know God as as a heretic, right? Which our our mentor Paul talks about. So you have to be a heretic to know God. And unless you've actually gone through the bruises and the bumps and and the challenges of knowing God, you're never really going to know God from an experiential level. And so that was me doing major breathwork ceremonies, major plant medicine ceremonies, lots of float tanks, going to a Vipassana, doing the 20X with Mark Divine, like you name it, like I was mm. just seeking God through either my physical body or through plant medicine or breath, whatever it is. And I got to this place where I was like, okay, I got my ass kicked so hard in Costa Rica, I had my psyche split because I was forcing mm. my relationship with God. I was forcing it. Mm. Mm. So how do I define God? I define God in the middle of that power versus force. It's this omnipresent energy that loves and nourishes all things but it doesn't lord it over them Mm -hmm. and that's from the Tao, right and i love that because i think about whenever i'm doing something from love without expectation that's god yeah man (sighs) that's god you know whenever whenever i receive without expectation that's god so god is all these little macro and, and micro things that we experience all day long and it's an amalgam of all of our relationships and all the experiences that we go through but we can't ever do it without the experience. That's the key. You know, a lot of people, they have like an NDE, a near-death experience when they're 16, 17, 18. Maybe they could know God, yeah. you know, because mm. they're, they're kind of floating in the veil in that yeah. space. But it's such a huge question, you know, to know God. I, I feel like I've been working on this model for a book that I'm going to write, and, and the model is like the kaleidoscope. It's like a wellness kaleidoscope. You know when you're a kid and you look through the oh, yeah. lens of a kaleidoscope mm-hmm. and it would kind of like split into three? So I feel like we have, we have our soul, which I believe is a connection of God. It's a unique point of consciousness that God expressed through Josh or, or through both of us, through all three of us, to be here on planet Earth. And so then we also have our heart, and our heart really is like this navigator. It's how we navigate the messages from our soul. And then we have the head, which I'm not here to demonize, but fuck that shit gets me <laughs> in trouble <laughs> The head gets me in trouble. So all all of these things, right? Head, heart, soul, they they're they're in this kaleidoscope that if I look through through an observer's perspective and I do the work to like get out of myself, get out of Josh's head, get out of Josh being the father, Josh being the podcaster, Josh being from La Mesa, like there's a space there where I can improve on a continuous basis if I have the courage to look at all the shit that's actually there. Yeah. And so God, I believe, is that omnipresent energy, mm-hmm. but to know God, there has to be the right kind of lens. And this is really what I'm working on for the book is to figure out how do I implement all three of those things so that they're married? Because the mind should never be at war with the heart Yeah, and the mind shouldn't be, be at war with the soul and vice versa, all three. Yeah, Th- There needs to be like a union of these things. Mm-hmm. And so that's my metaphor. Like that's something that I've been really gelling on lately, like really stoked on lately. But everyone's got their own yeah. way to describe it. You I,
2: know? I absolutely love this question. And, and almost everyone that we throw this out to, we ask it's almost every one. one of our guests this you question. You ask every guest almost for every. their relationship with God? Yeah, that. because <laughs> I want, you <laughs> know, we're coming from evangelical Christianity most of our childhood. Uh, really, yeah. until I was 28 years old, Wow, I would have identified as a Christian. And um, I think it's important, you know, I know that there's a lot of people listening with all different backgrounds and all different religious views and everything. I think it's a lost art in our world right now today in 2022 to be able to see and appreciate someone else's point of view on Mm. big topics like this uh, without trying to convince them to believe otherwise. Yeah just seeing and experiencing what they see and experience and being like, if that's working for you, cool. Hell yeah, Yeah. I'm excited for you. Like keep doing what you're doing if it's working for you. And I think that what I missed as a growing individual through childhood, high school, college, was hearing a bunch of different, like I would have loved to hear this answer from 20 different people, but when you're in an echo chamber, there's no impetus to change. There's no impetus to think deeper. There's yeah. no impetus to peel back the layers on why you believe what you believe because everyone else around you believes the same thing that you believe. So it's critically important. It's a core value of our show to open the space for our listeners to hear people speak to topics that they might think 100% differently on. Yeah. And we want to create that space.
0: Isn't that a beautiful thing where I feel like we've lost that art form of like how to listen to someone else. And I know that there's work for me to do. If I'm listening to someone and I get so upset that I feel like I have to yell at them or change their (laughs) mind, then that is like the biggest mirror for me to first of all, chill the fuck out and and breathe. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (sighs) Feel my belly, you know, inhale, belly rises, exhale, belly falls. And then from that place, like really be more curious I just interviewed a guy named Waylon Myers, which I need to connect y'all with. Mm. He's incredible. Mm, the, he, Marshall <clears throat> Rosenberg's work about nonviolent communication, yep. where mm. a lot of the ways that we we coerce people subconsciously, just because we learned it from mom and dad, and also I got love from mom and dad, because they learned it from grandma and grandpa. Right. But anyways, I, I really feel like at the core of like knowing God, at the core of the religious piece you're talking about... There's just that everyone's doing the best they can with mm-hmm. what they were handed. Exactly. And then if we start at that place, it takes away all the shame, all the judgment, all the like weird feelings about Mormons wearing special undergarments and Pentecostals chanting and all yeah. this stuff because they're doing the best they can. Like literally, if, if there's a documentary on Netflix actually, and I forget the name of it, I, maybe you guys have seen it. And it's about these kids that are just bred from like two, three, four, five, six years old To be very, very ostentatious with their religion, super gaudy, speaking in tongues like Mm. no one else has the right answer. And any time, by the way, any time I feel like there's only one answer for anything ever. Besides, there are certain universal truths like it's not okay to murder someone um, if you're not protecting yourself. Yeah. Right. That's not okay. Um, It's not okay to take the sovereignty and the innocence of a child through sexual abuse. That's not okay none of these things are okay and so there are universal truths that even though they're loved they they feel so disgusting and they're so they're so foul they're so evil that we have to just add in this one little last piece about god and that is the mystery because it's funny like you know there's three of us at the table like here's mystery yeah like god's at the table yeah. mystery's here we we think we know what we're talking about and honestly maybe the work we've done we do we do know some of what we're saying to be true but like the objective truth that we all share, yeah. it is totally only going to hit if God is present, if mystery is present mm-hmm. to allow us the grace to change our mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. We learn something new and yeah. and not be dogmatic. So.
1: You, you
3: nailed it in your in your response to this question where you said when I remove expectation or attachment to an outcome is when I get to experience God. What's wild is when you walk into an experience trying to find
0: God, that's your expectation, that's your attachment to an outcome, that I will figure God out. That's a lot of people going to ceremonies, yes. to plant medicine ceremonies. They're, they're come from is like a, a force. It's yep. like, I have to have this, I have to get out of this place I'm in. We've like, been in a ceremony where someone literally
3: said, I can't wait to meet God. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. What if God, what if God doesn't come? <laughs> right, right. But what you're saying is like, so, so when you're attached to outcome, uh, when you have a when you have an expectation for a specific outcome in this case yeah. God, you're missing God because when you do that you lose the present moment. You, that present moment is what equates to awe. That's mm-hmm. what equates to bliss. The I think Joseph Campbell I could be butchering this. He he makes this beautiful point where he says those moments in life where we go Oh my God,
1: mm-hmm. that's God. Yeah. yeah,
3: you're you can't even help it it's channeling through your ego and you're saying god i just experienced it this moment of awe that's it yeah hmm. it's the mystery it's the wild mystery that's regardless like you're saying the best approach that we can we can take to explaining it is through the most beautiful poetry the most beautiful music yeah. art an expression of creativity yeah. but we're still never going to triangulate and words. define
2: it yeah it's still only words which obviously that's what That's the only thing that can transmit through, you know, the podcast. That's how we understand the podcast waves. We Um, can't just sit here for an
0: hour and meditate. Right. right. (laughs) People be like, come on. Yeah, right,
2: right. (laughs) No, I I love that. I love that answer. And and something you said, God, you know, is in the mystery. You're talking about mystery. I think it's also in beauty because Mm. you really have to be present to notice beauty. And I'm talking about fine details of, you know, a leaf or a flower or the Fibonacci sequence of a succulent. Like if you're just on your way, you're not stopping, you're just like doing your own thing, head down, you're not going to notice those intricacies of beauty. And I'm sure you know, Zach Bush, he often, you know, talks about um, our desire as humans to protect what we find beautiful Mm -hmm. and to fall in love with beauty. And actually that Jesus, when he spoke, when he speaks of love, he's speaking of beauty and finding beauty in other people, beauty in the earth. And when we identify beauty in whatever we're looking at, we want to protect it. We want to love it. And uh, I love that too, because like for me personally, and I know this is true for Chase, but I'll speak for myself. I interact with God through beauty because that's what stops me. It's like, oh fuck, look at that sunset. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, look at that. Oh mm-hmm, my God, just mm-hmm. like listen to the wind moving through the palm trees. Like that's yeah. beauty. And but those it's are the you're moments. S- you're
0: slow enough to see it. Yeah. yeah. You're not like, there's not like you and then a trail after yeah. you of like how <laughs> fast you're moving. Yeah. Like you're, you're, just, you know what I was feeling actually? And I haven't thought about this for so long. When Nova was like, uh, when he first started walking at like 10 months old, 10, 11 months old. I woke up and we have like this air filter in the bedroom and the air filter was um, blowing. And I woke up and he had like gotten off the bed by himself and he was there next to the air filter and he was going like this. And he was letting like the breeze from the air filter like hit his hair and I just started crying. I was like, oh my God, it's like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen.
2: Hey friends, by now you probably have picked up that Chase and I are committed to living optimally healthy lives. We are obsessed with small actions that have profound benefits for the entire body, which is why I'm super excited to share the benefits of ASEA with you. ASEA is classified as a cell signaling supplement, meaning that it supports cellular regeneration and communication. Our overall expression of health comes down to our individual cells and how they function. And with so many toxins, pesticides, and disruptors that unfortunately exist in our world, it's no wonder that the body starts to break down and express disease. We'd like to limit that disease expression if possible And it is possible. ASEA is full of redox molecules. These redox molecules are the communication centers of your cells. We're born with redox molecules, but they steadily decrease over time. So ASEA redox comes in two different forms, used in different ways, but both have incredible capacity to help the body heal itself. There's a liquid and a gel. Sia Redox liquid is something we drink daily to increase our internal cellular communication and regeneration throughout the body. We've noticed that our digestion, sleep quality, and recovery after workouts has all improved. The gel is a topical product that can be used for pain or fast healing of injuries or skin issues. I personally use it on my face twice a day to promote smooth, nourished, clear skin, and honestly my skin has never been softer or smoother in my life i'm amazed the gel also increases blood flow significantly so tmi but we love to use it before sex to increase blood flow and sensation i won't get into all the details here but wow it really works To learn more about how ASEA supports your entire body and see a full breakdown of uses, you can go to themedicine.com forward slash ASEA. That's A-S-E-A. Or you can just check the show notes, of course, for the direct link. We are committed to only sharing with you guys what has made a significant impact on our lives and overall well-being. Cheers to cellular health and cheers to ASEA. Okay, bye yeah
0: mm-hmm. because there's this pure raw curiosity yeah. there where it cannot be duplicated it, we can we can have curiosity in life but like his exact curiosity and the way it was happening it was so incredible like it was just mm. i've just woken up i see him there like feeling the breeze on his face maybe that was the first time in his whole little life that he's felt the breeze on his face yeah. that way yeah. And it just like brought me to tears. I mean, yeah. I'm emotional right now yeah. just talking yeah. about it because we lose that, you know, yeah. we, we lose that as adults. And honestly, the, the surefire path to losing that is to ignore that voice of your soul that says, I want you to do this.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. I
0: really want you to do this. I know it's scary. Mm-hmm. I know you probably are resisting doing it. But the more we resist that voice, and mm-hmm. sometimes it can just be like a really soft whisper, or mm-hmm. if we're super out of alignment, it could be like a fucking sledgehammer that comes yeah, two and yeah. breaks our court. leg, gets us in a car accident, splits yeah. us up from a relationship. Like, yeah, it's, it's such a it's such a beautiful thing to be able to see beauty in its most authentic form and then do our work as a human being to have the curiosity and the love mm-hmm. of a child. Yeah. Like my son, where he yeah. just wow, I mean, I'm still getting choked <laughs> up by this. It's so it's really like it, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But all parents know that like there's certain moments when you look at your child and they're exhibiting something that you yourself have lost, Mm. that it reminds you in a place of truth that is so overwhelming that you probably aren't going to not be able to cry Yeah, because it's so potent in the way you're reminded.
2: I can see as a parent too, like... I hear, I've heard often from you know my siblings and friends and everything, like getting to experience the world through your child, like seeing them for the first time, like everything is novel. To a two year old, the world is Burning Man, right? So like, like when yeah. we were Burning Man, it was like, everything is novel, everything is different. Yes. I don't know what anything is and my mind is blowing up trying to figure it out and it's so fun. Like we lose that obviously as we grow and come to know what things are and how they work. We lose a little bit of, I think, probably a lot, maybe all of that curiosity. And so getting as a parent to experience it through your child, I can see how if you're not aware of that switch being turned off in yourself, you could probably be like, man, why is it so amazing to get to experience this through my child? But, you know, it's that curiosity that's been turned off in you that now is being turned back on. Through yeah. your child. It's those, I'm so yeah. gr-
3: thank God for those little nudges, for those little reminders uh, that truly that, thank God that presence yeah. is and novelty is this nutrient in order to experience the divine. Uh, but it's it's tough in this world that we live in, like especially uh, in a very masculine world of of productivity, because oh, yeah. we ritualize and routine and uh, pretty much everything. To the degree that we start to numb our sensories from being able to experience those those moments of presence. Mm. And it's especially in like a like a, a business world, you, you take something that's been successful and was, you know, maybe novel and, and fruitful and you systematize it mm-hmm. and you turn it into something that can be automated or you delegate. And I'm not saying these things are bad in moderation by any means. This is how you scale. This is how you impact people at larger mm-hmm. levels. It's how you pull levers and things happen more swiftly and 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 can be experienced by others. Mm-hmm. But there could be something lost when that has been disconnected from some of those key attributes that made it so beautiful in the first place. Novelty. Yeah. Uh, uh, the sensories of what we numb, we numb so quickly, especially men, especially especially masculine. Like mm-hmm. I, the the amount of times that I've taken something that has been beautiful for my life, and I've turned it into a protocol, even like meditation or like <laughs> ways to experience the divine.
0: Yeah, yeah like, this is why I took my aura ring off. Right, mm. I don't wear an aura ring anymore. It, it because, because we, it we became we like this. How yeah. how much can I be perfect? And <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. My sleep, and then like the locus of control on the outside became detrimental to my internal locus of control. Yeah. In other words, I needed the exterior mirror of my wellness or mirror yeah. of my mindfulness for me to actually do the things that my soul and my mm-hmm. heart wanted me to do. Like I got to wait because I just my, got caught from the yeah. neck up. <laughs>
1: I got to so, wait
3: till my, uh, watch or my, my device tells me my HRV is good enough. And then I get a, yeah. Literally, I get a jolt of energy just based on what the score
1: yeah. says. Like, <laughs> and if you
0: can wild. do that, like, <clears throat> you know, it, it's really interesting what you're bringing up. Cause if you can use mechanical, mind-based tools to make your life better, then I'm all for it. I mean, there's, I have a PNL, I have tracking, like these are good things, but, but in a way, if I'm so focused on that and I forget about why I'm doing something in the first Mm -hmm. place or even, and and I'm speaking right now to even somebody who's a beginning employee at McDonald's or something all the way up to a CEO of a company. I mean, you both know you've, you've worked, I'm sure in the corporate world Mm -hmm. before. And then you know the the transition from employee to corporate to being self sovereign and and being self empowered as an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart because no. you have to face all the things and this isn't a judgment of people that are employees or CEOs because they can have beautiful lives like they can have lots of beauty and, in we, their need life. Them. and we, we need them and we need them not everybody yeah. can be an, an entrepreneur um, because there's a there's a price that you pay there's there's blood that you have to shed yep. in order to mm-hmm. do so and I think that that really what I heard you say is yeah, I take my mind and I screw my mind so tight onto whatever it was that when I started, it might've been more curious. It might've come from my heart. It might've come from my soul, but the mind is so overpowering. It's like, that's when we need the state change. That's when yep. we actually have to, like it's not, it's non-negotiable. We have to put ourselves in a state mm-hmm. where it's like a cold plunge or a sauna or breath work or just laying with your partner and yep. having them put their, their your hand right here so your thymus gland gets activated. Like there's so many ways to... to change yourself, to to change your state so that you can identify, first of all, oh, my God, I'm totally in my fucking head right now. And also my heart and my soul are like, it's okay, we got you. We got you like you're this won't be the last time you fuck up, and don't judge yourself Mm -hmm. because a lot of the personal development stuff out there and I'm sure you guys have seen it, you know, the MITTs and the programs like that are great. I've done them, but there's a dark side to these programs.
2: For <clears throat> listeners, can you, can you explain sure. what MITT
0: is? and Transformational Training is a program I did in 2014 and it's where you really go through a gestalt method of ego stripping. And so you're getting your greatest fears brought forth the things that you don't want to share brought forth mm. for the wrong person. A, a good resource on this is my buddy will reason he's been on the podcast. Um, he works with trauma and somatics. And, and what he says is that when people go to these gestalt therapies where they're forced like, throw them in the ice water, throw them in the fire, it can actually re-trigger a lot of the wounding that their ego mm-hmm. and their mind was wanting yep. to keep at bay because it's too painful for them to deal with. Yeah, I with. can see that. And it's the same thing in plant medicine ceremonies. It's the same thing in breath work. So, yeah, I, I, what were we talking about right before MITT?
2: Oh, you were talking about basically... Um,
0: Systematizing
3: these things that were once yes, you know novel yeah. and present. Yes,
0: so we, we change our state. I took a train to, to mind town there. That's what that <laughs> was. I was just like, what are all the things I need to share right now? Yeah. See how, per- how beautiful is that, that I just did exactly what I'm talking about yeah. where I wanted to make sure with my mind that I gave the people with us every single thing I wanted to say, because you know, the fear is if I don't say every single thing that I know to be true, then somehow I'm not telling the truth, but it's not the case. I don't have to be in a, a hurry to tell the truth. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I think it's a way that we just need to change our state through whatever medium we choose, and that resonates with us. But the key is slowly and mm-hmm. with intention, and you know, walking one step at a time. I mean, nature yeah. leaves really beautiful clues for us. So if we just the same way we walk stairs, you, you can make it up the stairs at the San Diego Convention Center. It, you're gonna get winded, but if you skip stairs at the convention center. You might not make it up. Yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, you might have to stop and breathe. Right. And so that's a I great th- analogy. I think, I think I nature that. leaves us clues. I used yeah. to just flog myself on those stairs. Yeah. So that's
3: a <laughs> that's a great uh, little close to home reminder. Yes.
2: Um, something you were just saying remind reminds me of uh, actually this is a great segue into our next question. You know, we talk about catalysts a lot on this show. Yeah. Um, using unfortunate circumstances to our benefit you know, these circumstances that happen in life to all of us where you're in the middle of it and you're like, what the fuck am I going to do? Why is this happening to me? Then maybe six months out, a year out, you look back on that experience and you're like, man, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me because yeah. X, Y, Z. Yeah. What are maybe some, you know, significant catalytic events that have happened in your life that have um, given you a lot of wisdom when you look back on them?
0: Well, the wisdom in 2022 that I can look back on with that experience lens, um, I could not see in 2015 In 2015, the early, early part of 2015, um, in the span of six months, I put my mom in a mental home. I broke up with a woman I thought I was going to be with forever Mm. and I got fired from a safe corporate job. Mm. So it was like health, wealth, relationships, bam, (laughs) like everything would just hit. Wow. And I remember I was at the, I was in a buddy's house at the time. I was renting a spare bedroom because it was like all I could afford. I actually collected unemployment in 2015 because mm. it hit me so hard out of nowhere. Looking back, the wisdom from this experience that I'll share is profound because whenever I bring fear into a situation that is being called for love, like true love, then I'm going to suffer more. Mm. I'm definitely going to suffer more. And so in 2015, I, suffered a lot because I'll never forget this. I was at my buddy's house overlooking the Omni La Costa in San Diego, the golf course there. And I was like two in the morning and I went out and it was like the San Diego do, you know how it's misty at mm-hmm. night. Yeah, It's kind of oceany as well. ocean is a word, right? I yeah. like it, yeah. We made it. So, so I just, uh, I didn't know how to feel what I was feeling cause it was so overwhelming. And I literally was in a victim state. I was like, God, why me? Mm. Like not only do I hate you, I hate you God. Why would you do this to me? And I think a lot of people get to this place where they are so looking for answers that the only place that I or we can live is in our head because it's so painful to feel it in our throat, in our solar plexus, in our belly, that if we allowed ourselves to feel it, mm-hmm. it, it might actually, we, we think it would, it wouldn't, it might actually kill us. Mm. So to, to the degree that I face those things on a regular basis um, and the story rounds out like this. Um, that's the degree that I'm going to suffer. and so the reason I suffered is because for a good six months, I just kept fighting God over and over and mm-hmm. over again. like how could you, what's up with my mom? How come you can't heal my mom? How come you can't like give me like more financial support? How, you know what is this all about? And I actually got to this place when I was at the golf course at the Omni where I just said, God, if this is what you want for me and this is the life that I'm supposed to live, I don't want to be here. Mm. i don't want I, I didn't think about suicide I didn't plan suicide or anything, but I had this feeling of like i don't want to kill myself I don't want to commit suicide but I definitely didn't want to live the way mm-hmm. I was living and i didn't know this is the key for all of us if you don't know if you don't know the path, look at the ways that you're bringing fear into the path itself mm. Mm. Like, really feel that, you know, look at the ways you're bringing fear. And it could be rational fear, by the right. way. I'm not here yeah. to shame. There's irrational fear. There's rational fear. So it could be that I'm bringing rational fear. It's like, fuck, I need to pay rent. Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, my God, like, I'm actually making this way harder than it is. My family supports me. My friends support me. I've been in San Diego for 30-plus years. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to be okay, you know. But that what was asking to be healed in me, and and this is the degree that I suffered, was, I needed to actually trust God and trust life. And I have had this hypervigilance for the majority of my life. It's a lot better now. But being raised in a situation where there really wasn't a calm sense at home <laughs>
1: mm.
0: with both father or mother. And also, I'm half Sicilian. So, in that culture, there's a lot of yelling and <laughs> a lot of like just crazy stuff. So, you know, long story short, like I, what I really needed was I needed the healing from God. But I couldn't, like, go and download it online or get a shortcut to have it. I had to go through this, like, suffering Mm. of, okay, God, well, just give me one breadcrumb. I think I asked them, like, just give me one breadcrumb. Mm. Give me one breadcrumb. And I had always wanted to be a, a DJ, Like I listened to Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla when I was a teenager love it, and I loved it. I was like, this is so fun. You get to talk to people for a living. How how cool is that? Or like, you know, host radio shows.
2: What a wink. What a nod. Right. And so
0: I I stoked, as we've talked about before, I stoked that little curiosity, which is like the same thing as my son next to the, the air blowing on his face. And I did that for myself. And so that was like the wisdom that was wanting to come through that, that really now seven years later, you know, it pops up even now where like. I might want to control something too much or I might be in fear about uh, this, this section of money or this um, contractor or this event or this interview. And like it's just this constant spiral of me either leaning into the situation that's calling for my love or I'm leaning into the situation and I'm bringing a bunch of fear. Mm. Mm. And then also on top of that, can I like not judge myself for the imperfect process that I bring love and fear into the situation that's calling for my love ultimately?
2: When you say love, um, do you find that it's external love, like love that you need to show someone or a situation, or is it love that you need to show yourself?
1: Ooh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a mixture of, well, first and foremost, like love is a mirror. So if if I love myself, then I'm going to get that exact mirror reflection back from everyone in my life, whether it's my woman my son my life in general but I would say that um, I think sometimes we actually have to try to find love outside of ourselves because that can be the barometer and kind of push us back on the path that's asking for love in the first place Mm -hmm. so I think they're both necessary it's like the snake eating its tail Mm -hmm. like it would be a beautiful world if we were all just like oh I love you I love you I love Mm -hmm. you which actually side note it kind of triggers me when people in the spiritual community that you just meet they go I love you brother yeah, it's like we just met five minutes ago. Yeah, what the fuck? There's, then maybe that's a whole different section of the podcast: the the commoditization of spirituality and like people's way of being. That'd around, be a good.
2: That'd be a good one. I'm sure we could all come to the table so, with uh, with uh, our a full favorite full notepad.
3: Our favorite like fuckboy spiritual. Let inf- me do a 15 second <laughs> hug
0: with three breaths with a pelvic <laughs> <Yeah>. grind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and only then are we connected, brother or sister. Yeah. Root, ch- root chakra. Wait, but let what, me-
2: you, what was your favorite you were going to say? what are, You were saying our favorite from our spiritual fuckboy.
1: boy. Oh, no, I
3: was like, uh, part two to this episode can be, uh, yes. we'll, we'll bring our, our favorite spiritual fuckboy boy quotes in and yeah, uh, dissect yeah, yeah. them.
0: I love it. I think that to, to round out your question, <laughs> that, that ultimately, if I'm in nirvana, which is a state that like point zero 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 one people reach in the world. <laughs> if I'm an ultimate nirvana, then your question <clears throat> is already answered by the question itself, because then I'm always loving because I love myself that much because I'm so realized. But we all drink from this river of forgetfulness. If you, if you yeah. follow the, the logos and the Greek text around religion, mm-hmm. we drink from this river that makes us forget what love is and forget what communion is and just forget who we are, actually. This is why mm-hmm. the phrase in our in our world of podcasting and spirituality is like, um, you know, remember who you are, remember who you are. It's even a beautiful song. I think I've heard a song, remember mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think the answer to your question is, um, I think if we, if we use the Pareto principle, like the 80, 20, if I can create 80% of self love and, and really feel that and embody love for myself and, and shine that out mm-hmm. to the world, then 20% of the time I'm still going to be met with my discomfort. And maybe, some, maybe right now people are at 80-20 the other way. Yeah. And you work your way up the ladder by doing your work. I, I think that's the only way. At least I haven't seen it be different. I haven't seen it be different than that so far. Mm. But it definitely comes from me. Because whenever I'm not loving, I get that mirrored back like yeah. ASAP. Mm. Like, yeah. Like right away. That's
2: the lens through which you see everything. And so...
0: And also I'm not, for everyone listening, I'm not always loving. <laughs> okay? <laughs> You're not I floating I don't know it. about you guys. You're
2: not a floating guru yet? No. Oh, dang. No. no, I I appreciate that. I I ask because I feel like love and more specifically self-love is mm-hmm. something that is Oversaturated in the space. I mean, you know, scroll Instagram for more than five minutes and look at people's bios. You're going to find someone who is a self love coach. Yeah. Yeah. Is a self embodiment coach, which is really just self love, right?
0: And they're doing the best they can, but yeah. Yeah. And I'm not demonizing it at all. So they have the experience to go to market and present that, right?
2: But also, they wouldn't have that title if there wasn't an overabundance of people not being able to figure out how to truly love themselves, whether they have the skill or not, you know, I don't know. I'm not here to pass Uh judgment on anyone, Uh but there is the demand. And I think it's this oversaturated space and word, this word or term self-love, and really, I think, misunderstood on a fundamental level. Yeah, You know, we get all sorts of terms and definitions of self-love. You know, it can look like a spa day to someone and it can look like 10 positive affirmations to someone else. And it's all, you know, under this umbrella term of self-love.
0: I mean, wow, that's Mm -hmm. an incredible point, talking point, <laughs> like, okay, let's unpack it slow. So the, the best way to know if you're actually loving yourself is how do you feel after you do the thing or have the conversation? Like what's, what's the residue left inside of you?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: if, if you want to know if something's self loving or not, you'll never have any doubt. Mm. <laughs> you won't have any doubt of something self loving or not because, yeah. well, maybe, maybe you will in the beginning because you actually have to go through a, a letting go process of the teachings that your parents gave you about shaming yourself if you want to take a day off or, you know, cause that can be self-love too. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, it's funny and all the answers I'm giving, there's, there's always this other side and that's why maybe at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about dogma and if I'm only doing one thing and that's the only way to go, then, you know, I'm full of shit. Mm. Mm-hmm. So everything I'm sharing is just based on my experience. Yeah. I, I don't have like the ultimate answer for this, but it's so beautiful to talk about it with you because, um, everyone is feeling us, watching us, hearing us. And there may be things are poking through that haven't ever poked through before and yeah. it's encouraging new thought forms and, and new ways of being. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't have a perfect answer for that. I think, um, I'm curious how y'all feel.
2: I think it's the, I think it's like the God question, right? It because is. we all feel and experience and receive and give love in different ways. Like that's why the, you know, there's five different love languages and probably even more than that. There's probably more. Yeah, probably <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think it is like the God question. And I think these questions are actually linked because the more that I'm able to understand and love myself, I'm probably going to be able to more, more so understand and love God divinity, right? Cause that spark of divinity is in me. And, uh, you know, there's that saying, I forget who says it, but it's like, I searched for God and found myself. I searched for myself and only found God. Mm. And uh, I think that that, I think that these questions go hand in hand for sure.
0: There's something I have to say. You talked about Joseph Campbell earlier. Yeah. And we all know the model, which is separation, initiation, and return. Yep. So if you really think about that, why in every movie that's amazing, like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all this stuff, the reason that we love the character is because they're showing us an example of something we're dealing with in our life. Uh Yes. And that's why we're like, fuck yes. Like he made it or she made it. And so I I think that really what separation is, is it like something comes along to hit us so hard that it separates us from God or it's a lot of people might have a connection to God and they don't even know it. It's just natural for them. That's just their dharma. They came into the world, they don't have it super challenging. They're kind of like coasting in this life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, our role is to not be jealous of that. So like, <laughs> yeah. so, so right. for them, separation might be like a latte spilled on their foot. Oh my God. Like, and then for some, it might be like being sexually abused as a child.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: there's a wide yeah. spectrum of oh, separation, totally. yeah. but it's the initial, it's how it, this is the key. It's how we handle the initiation with humility. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm like, yeah, fucking crying again. It's how we it's how we handle the initiation. I mean, I'm in a I'm in a huge initiation in my life right now. Mm. You know, with another child on the way, and like you know, thinking about what that's going to be like, and what my life is like now with the podcast, and what might change. Like every parent, every business owner goes through their own death and rebirth. So I'm just like, man, if I'm I sure. can come to this situation, and no matter what, like just be perfectly imperfect about my curiosity and about bringing love into the situation. <sighs> yeah, it's going to be much less painful, yeah. you know? And yeah. what a beautiful reminder to sit here with y'all and talk about this because, man, it's easy for us to sit when we're not triggered and when we're not oh. in the initiation. Totally. You're getting punched yes. in the face. You're totally. getting hit. It's so easy to pontificate like we're doing. <laughs> yes, but, but when your feet are in the fire, when you're going through a divorce, when your child is sick, when you yourself get harmed, like get decimated to your fucking knees – that's your character, that's who you yeah. are. That, that's yeah. actually like the bedrock of your soul expressing itself here on planet earth. And I do think in that point that there is free will. I do believe in free will.
1: Mm.
2: Hey homie, if you've listened to the medicine podcast for a while now, you know that Chase and I are extremely selective when it comes to the mushroom products we recommend. This is because after years of researching the mushroom space we honestly were disappointed to find out that the large majority of these products are diluted and bulked up with grain based fillers. Which led to us creating our own mushroom elixir, Mushy Love Cinnamon Swirl Latte. We were committed to formulating one that is delicious and high quality one that has a clean organic ingredient list, no gut or hormone disruptors, absolutely zero fillers, and a hefty dose of pure medicinal mushrooms. Mushy Love Latte is the result. This is a blendable, caffeine-free mushroom elixir with 500 milligrams each of incredible mushrooms, chaga and tremella. That is at least two to three times more mushrooms than other very popular mushroom brands out there to support your gut health, immunity, skin hydration, and beauty. Oh, and it tastes like a liquid cinnamon roll, y'all. Just blend one to two scoops with your favorite steamed milk and you have a delicious elixir that you can drink any time of day. You can also blend a scoop into your morning coffee as a creamer with a cinnamon swirl twist. To try Mushy Love Latte for yourself, go to getmushylove.com and use the code medicine, M-E-D-I-C-I-N for 10% off your subscription or one-time order. Again, get mushylove.com. Use the code medicine. Mushy love is highest quality mushrooms and highest quality love. Enjoy.
0: I think if you if you look at one of the passages in the Bible that I love, it's Isaiah 45 7. Do you know this one? Oh, I yes. I the Lord uh, do
1: these, all these yes. things. Yes. I
0: the Lord create good and evil. Mm-hmm. I create light and darkness. I the Lord do all these things. Yeah. yeah. So, right there in the Bible, like the most ancient text is telling us that God is evil and God is love. God is dark. God is light. So free will is the agency that our unique expression of souls. You know, Mimi, Chase, yeah. Josh, mm-hmm. like we're we're expressing ourselves in a unique way. We're either bringing love to that situation, mm-hmm. or we're bringing fear. And either way, it's okay. Yeah. And it's, either it's, it's way, right.
2: it's the creator experiencing. It's the creator itself. experiencing
0: the creator's self. Yeah, yeah. which is kind all of facets. a mind baker. Yeah, like yeah. people might not want to hear that, but. Like fundamental Christians don't like that no. section of the Bible because um, especially in the King James version, right? And I worded it. Obviously, there's different expressions of how I worded it. But it's ultimately God is yeah. saying in the, in the text of the Bible, I am everything yeah. and I am nothing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so you are me and I am you and you are God. Now obviously you don't want to take that to like you being on a mountain telling people you're God people be like, you're fucking crazy. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. But, but so it's, it's honoring God in the things that I do in the best way that I can from this humility, from this curiosity, that's going to allow me to be closer to God. Mm -hmm. You know, my, I would love to be closer to God. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all would.
2: I love that you brought up that verse because, you know, we spent 12 plus years in Christian school and, you know, uh, memorized probably a, Thousand or more different verses, and somehow uh, that one never yeah. came up as a <laughs> memorization. <laughs> right. You know, it's it is interesting.
0: And there's <laughs> other things in the Bible. I don't consider myself to be a religious man. There's other stuff in the Bible, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, like God punishing people, stuff like this. I don't know about that because those don't seem godlike to me. Those seem more yeah. punishing. Yeah, yeah. And so. You know, I was talking with Ben Greenfield about this, and he's like, yeah, sometimes I do think God punishes people. I'm like, I don't agree. Yeah. I, don't agree I don't think either. God punishes people. This is people. a conversational think, Wait, G-spot for us, <laughs> by the way. I think their choices, <laughs> yeah. real quick, their, their choices bring people to that space of pain where, like, the pain teacher comes and just, like, smacks you with a ruler over and over yeah, yeah. because they are, imperfectly, as I've shared, not bringing curiosity, not bringing love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very reductionistic. I know I'm sitting here, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just like you just do those two things. How hard is that? Right. It's yeah. it's so hard. Right. When when you chat
3: with Aaron, uh he's a he's a former evangelical like like pastor. He went to like it Oral Roberts. That, um- Wow. Um, oh. yeah, he's a master. At, Oral uh, Roberts. Yeah, Oral Roberts. Okay. As as it pertains, did he to, get like,
0: arrested, or am I on the wrong? No, not, person? not him. Nothing I'm aware okay. of. Maybe he did. Uh, he's never he told us that. He's a man of mystery. <laughs> okay. Um, no, not Aaron, but Oral Roberts. <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, <laughs> I know Aaron hasn't been arrested. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't, think I don't know. That sounds. That sounds like it's. There's a, a lot of a these story. creatures that get arrested, and it really it, it it's honestly the most. Sh- I actually do think there is a place for shame at times. When you take the word of God and you take the energy of spirit mm. and you abuse people and you take advantage of yeah. people oh, no, knowingly, yeah, that's shameful. Yeah. Th- yep. The, shameful. the
3: wolf in, in sheep's clothes no for doubt. sure. Um, yeah. That I shit's guess. shameful. This is a... Uh, god that we could we could we could get into on this we uh, yeah. obviously our, our our upbringing is is christian and as it pertains to like old testament god there's yes. a lot of really interesting things because the, if you took it literally you'd be looking at a bipolar uh father figure you know it's like the christian the christian world is suffering from a daddy problem that's so severe because of this tyrannical Uh, contradicting uh, asshole father in the sky Mm. forget Jesus gets it right. Jesus nails it. Jesus nails love. Yeah. The rest, the rest of it is if you don't, if you can't find the, the metaphor and the poetry and the The thing behind the the thing thing behind the thing, you're going to be very confused Mm. or you'll, you'll have to live in denial. And that's essentially where, where we've Mm -hmm. landed, which is this beautiful, beautiful, this text of story and metaphor and poetry, and then this ascended master who's got love really figured out. And if you've read any channeled works like A Course in Miracles, where it's you know, arguably this sort of extension of the, of the words of Christ, yeah. man, it paints it beautifully as it pertains to unconditional love.
0: I really feel like we're dealing with a collective father wound. Mm-hmm. It's yes. interesting you said that. Yes. Like, it's, it's the best it's ever been for me, but it's still present. So to date, like my father has made zero effort to see Nova Mm. or to hang out with. He's never actually met my partner. Mm. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So I look at the ways that I've shown up for that and I take an inventory. And this is what I I actually talk about on the podcast a lot is like a very simple emotional inventory. Get a journal, draw a line. On the left side, write 10 things that you know are causing you the most pain. Mm. On the right side, write 10 things that you absolutely love. Like things that you really are like, you're grateful for these things, Mm -hmm. a child, a partner, whatever, and then get still, get quiet and then circle the one on the left, circle the one on the right that is causing you the most pain. And I bet you for many people, it's going to be a parent, Mm. actually, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a father wound or a mother wound or something like that. And so from that place, this is where you begin to change. A lot of people feel hopeless and desperate and they're like, how do I change? Like I have so much rage in me. I have so much. Yeah, fucking fire in me. I'm so angry at mom or angry at dad. The the beginning of that path is actually like you reach out to someone who you respect, who you trust and you share with them, hey, I took an emotional inventory. Can I share with you? Hmm. Hmm. And you'll know based on your own discernment if you can trust that person anymore because they'll either hold you while you share or they'll kind of like poo-poo you and want to go get drunk at the bar or something. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And so and then from that place, if you if you're really with a skilled facilitator or a skilled coach or even just a best friend that like gets you, that's yep. got yeah. your back, they're gonna support you. They're gonna say, Okay, cool, Chase, by when? Mm. By when? When when without pressure, without judgment, are you going to put something on your calendar that says, I'm going to take one step in this direction of the inventory that I just took? E- look, look how simple it is. It's so mm-hmm. simple. Ten and ten yeah. mm-hmm. circle, call a friend. Like That's the beginning of everything. That one exercise, if someone's with us right now, could change your entire life. It could send you on a totally different path than anything else you would ever do. Mm. I think that's the place that we all need to start is something like that, some model of that. Dude, I love that. Freaking love that. How, and as we kind of transition into some
3: questions pertaining to relationship, how has your, you know, you mentioned the relationship with your father and, and even just your parents' relationship at large, how have you now stepping into a beautiful partnership and and, and being a father too? Um, how have you had to evaluate, take inventory of where you come from and the examples that were given to you, and transmute that, pivot from that, learn from that, such that you can step into this role or this position as a partner and a father and and
0: live to the fullest. Mm. Y'all like to do the bomb drops.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I believe about myself that I'm an imperfect being. And in that imperfectness, I have had things that were given to me that I am still in the process of letting go of. So, you know, um, emotional regulation from my mom. I'm still letting go of some of the the harmful aspects of that. The um, presence and the reactiveness Presence, he was not there. And then reactiveness, he was very reactive, my father. So I see that in me when I'm triggered. And this is for all of us too. Like, yeah, I know I'm talking about my life, but all of us have this. Yeah. Like, you ever, you ever stop and you're like, damn, I'm just like my mom right now. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Or, oh my God, I'm my father. We yeah. all can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm no different. Like, I'm here. And, and so I, I, that happens for me quite a bit when um, the demands and the responsibility, I feel like responsibility is the anvil. And we're the sword and then life comes and we like, that's how we get forged. Mm-hmm. Right. Responsibility is the anvil. So the more responsibility you have, the stronger you can actually be, mm. but you also have to be self-aware enough to know how much responsibility, how large of an anvil that you can be galvanized on before it's too much. Yep. Mm. And I think in our society where it's like more and more and more, which you talked about a little bit, people can make themselves so sick and hurt themselves so much that they'll get to this place where they're like, I followed everybody's direction. I went to college. I did all the things. I was supposed to be in this different place. And honestly, that was me in my mid to late thirties. I was like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck is going on right now? <laughs> we like, call that. I was the, supposed uh, to be married. I was supposed yeah. to have a kid. Like, <laughs>
2: yeah. We call that the uh, the mainstream script of happiness.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's that's real. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I just have this sense that what comes up for me with, with Carrie, with my son, with my life, with my business, with everything is, can I really commit to being 100% present? Hmm. And again, that sounds simple, right? It's like, Oh yeah, just be present. But are you doing it? Like, are you actually doing it? A lot of this stuff I've shared today and that you guys know is true is, is so fucking simple, but nobody said simple is easy. Right, yep. easy yep. can be really hard. They are not like, synonymous. <laughs> yeah, so so I feel like it's just we're making sense of it as we go along. You know, straight up, like vulnerably, um, I have been dealing with my reactiveness towards my partner, like that's present, and so I'm taking a look. I'm doing the active work. I went to Encinitas and interviewed Waylon Myers for nonviolent communication. I I had a lunch and sat with Paul and. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm airing my shit out for everyone to see because mm. in my mind, that's the only way I've ever known to fucking heal. Mm. Whenever I try to hide something from my audience or hide something from people, it actually just yeah. gets worse. And so now I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, the more I, I radically share, the better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But not because I want attention because I'm actually working on it. It's like what's yeah. real for me. Yeah. So, and on the other side, like I am in a great place. I'm, I'm very loving. I'm very good. I'm, I have a lot of good qualities but that's there too. And I, and I think that we all need to own that for ourselves in our own unique way.
2: Yeah. Reactiveness is (laughs) something that, um, you don't really learn about until you're kind of just like cast into the fire of relationship. You know, even if you get the best premarital counseling or you have maybe,
0: did y'all do premarital counseling? Oh oh yeah. I mean, yeah, (laughs) we actually just before or after the divorce. Oh, oh uh, before, before? Pre- pre- premarital, yeah. 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 So okay. we, we, I love that. We
2: checked the box. That's cool. It was mostly a, a box checking of <laughs> we'll go to four sessions with my pastor and right, his wife. Right. And yeah. we actually just released an episode um, like two weeks ago basically debunking bad marriage advice that we received and we, you know, we know is just common out there.
1: I love and that. a lot
2: of that came from our premarital yeah. counseling experience. If you want to call you it that. You have to
0: link that in the show notes for this podcast. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on.
2: Yeah. Um, and on. so, yeah, I love that, you know, coming back to what I was saying with reactivity, it's something we all deal with. Like being human, we must be able to react quickly, right? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a skill but it also becomes a menace in relationship when you're so quick, like, you know, Chase and I have been have been dealing with stuff, you know, in the last week or so where we both, I know, find ourselves being reactive or intense, more intense than the situation requires. Yeah. And when it's directed at your partner, who you love more than anyone in the world, basically, as soon as it comes out, it's like, fuck. <clears throat> I didn't mean for it to come out that way, but you can't take words back. So then it's backtracking. Yeah. And then from there, it's like making a decision. Okay. I can like breathe more. I can slow down my response time. And those two things alone probably would solve 80% of reactivity issues in our relationship and probably in most relationships. So I am sitting here empathizing with you. Oh, I yeah. don't know totally, if it's man. I yeah. don't know if it's ever going to be something that is just 100 percent 10 out of 10, you know, all the time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. There's a especially as you do business together, there's a masculine masculine hat that's worn. Yeah. Where that's react cool. reactivity, this ability to react yes. and quickly solve and jump on something immediately is a beautiful skill set to have in the right lane. Yeah. It's having the wherewithal to know when to take or when, when to silence that, that system and that button, because in relationship, that's key. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That's the actual key.
3: And that's, that's if you summed up Mm. part one that we call our marriage, that is it. I'm, I'm gone Monday and uh, on an airplane, I'm back Friday, and i'm working crazy hours i'm out when you out get home you're fucking late, exhausted you don't want exhausted. to connect and it's like i mean i could hear a dish drop <laughs> yeah. and i'll lose it wow. just just like just just i'm so on edge you know yes. I'm, I'm in that fight or flight for so yeah. long yeah. and that is introduced in a new way in part 2 because we're both in this sort of masculine business role as we work to grow our business and our show and our products and it's that what i think one is like the ability to Empathize and to understand where the other individual is coming from. And then to create together in those moments of uh, stillness when you're both in balance. Hey, what is the protocol? I hate to, I hate to say a <laughs> freaking protocol, but, but it's
0: okay in this case, right?
3: What is the protocol that we will commit to yeah. bringing into the situation when it's heated such that we don't fall into the default mode patterns of reactivity? What's been the protocol? The protocol is something we're working on. Okay. okay. <laughs> the, the protocol is. Um, we usually have this, uh, way of at least communicating where it's the story that I'm telling myself is, I don't believe it's true, but I'm going to at least tell you that the story I'm telling you is, and it's, we're not going to fight about the literal things. That's cool. It's not about, um, it's not about, I'm just making something up. The fact that the calendar invite was 30 minutes, uh, different from what you told me it was. That's just an example. Yes. Rather, we're going to speak to the thing behind the thing. So it's going to be, okay, this pertains to the calendar issue, but the thing behind the thing is I didn't feel heard and I feel that what I have to say isn't valuable. Yeah. And so we're going to address that instead of the
2: superficial bullshit details. Superficial
3: bullshit details that can be then seen, that can seem irrelevant, that can seem petty. Because the thing behind the thing, if we're talking yeah. about, feeling valued is legitimate. So we need to address that.
0: I, um, I'm going to misquote this, but Marshall Rosenberg's work, the NVC work, I think he said that all anger is really just an unmet need trying Mm -hmm. to be met. Yeah. Something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. 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 And I definitely can agree with that. And so I love what you're saying. Um, you know, we've been through many therapists and there was actually a a safe word that was banana. Mm. So when we're really angry, or like <laughs> I'm in, I'm fully in my mind and my heart and my soul. Or like, what are you doing? And then same with Carrie. Like we would just say banana as like a pattern interrupt. Yeah. Banana,
2: mm-hmm. banana mm-hmm. to yourself or to each other. No, out loud, because to- okay.
0: we all know all couples and then parents for sure. Everybody gets there. Yeah. Yep. Let's not fuck around. Let's not bullshit like, ourselves. Yes, yep. right. <laughs> <laughs> like we see like all these the relationship experts online and they're just like, yeah, like my relationship is so soft and luxurious. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, You're so full of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there can be degrees of that. Like, like hopefully it's, it's 80%, yeah, 20 sure. or yeah. 70, 30. I think 70, 30 is, um good. But wh- when a relationship starts to go 60, 40 or 50, 50, like yeah. painful versus loving or, or fearful versus loving, it can be, it can be so damaging to one another that unless you call banana, unless you yeah. do yeah. a pattern interrupt, that you could actually hurt them so severely that it might take too long for that resentment to clear. And it calls forth a man and a woman that is so committed to doing the work. Mm -hmm. When those really hateful, spiteful, hurtful comments are said and absorbed, it takes a fucking shinobi Zen master to be able to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, An example that one therapist gave me one time, she said, you know, imagine you're a glass and your partner's shooting arrows at you. Well, just let the arrows go off the glass. Like don't, don't like hold the glass up so that the arrows keep hitting Mm. the glass. Like let the arrows go off the glass. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you like retreat and you say, fuck you, I'm not communicating with you anymore. But it also doesn't mean that you're a target for fucking arrows. Sure. Mm. There's, there's a middle ground that everybody can find. And so for us, that middle ground has honestly just been okay. Like, what do you like take a breath? What I'm experiencing right now is I'm experiencing heat right here. I'm feeling like mm-hmm. I'm not enough. Yeah. I'm feeling shamed. I'm feeling like I'm not a good man. I'm feeling like I'm going to be abandoned. I mean, fill in the blank. You actually just fucking tell your person. Yeah. This is what I'm feeling. Yeah. It, because if you say, when you do this or you yep. didn't do that, you're doing you just- Or you always, you never. Yeah. Or, or anytime you. That's another thing that I've learned. Anytime that- I, or any of us say the words you always, or you never, you're in your primal brain. Yeah. Totally. You're not actually in your heart. Yep. You're not, you're not connected because to yourself at Because that can't all. ever be true. That's, There's no the way
2: that that's true for anyone. Exactly. And
3: bringing it There's back no to way. your experience, yeah. what am I experiencing? What am I experiencing? Let me explain to you yes. that when the words are uttered XYZ, I feel a lump in my throat. It makes me tell the story that yeah, I am not worthy of your physical touch. Yeah,
0: yeah, man, it's it's wild. Also, on top of that, one more thing for people that are really in it, I'll share this: if you're really in it and you have like what I was told by one of my mentors, if your bank account is empty, and you like if you look at the Gottman's work, I mm. believe theirs is like a five to one or seven to one, uh, loving to harmful. Mm. But if you, it's so interesting because if you go 10 to 1 or if you go too much, yeah. then it, the relationship loses its luster. Yeah, mm-hmm. But if you go too little, then you just want to kill each other. So if, if somebody's in it and it's like 3 to 1 right now, the best possible thing you can do as a man, and I'm really curious how you feel about this. Um, I'm not going to preframe my comment. I'm just going to say it. It may not land for you, and that's fine. But I think it's the fucking man's responsibility to hold the space. And when I say hold the space, I mean like not be reactive to our woman's demands. Because a lot of time, especially with a pregnant woman or or women that are doing their best, this isn't to single out women, right? Men, have, we have our stuff too, but women, I have found, um, really rely on, and my partner Carrie relies on my ability to like when she's going wild, when she doesn't even know why she's angry at something. When that is my ultimate work, because the little boy in me comes up and it's like, why aren't you like being nice to me? You know, <laughs> what, what the fuck? Like, can you put away the 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 tearing right now and the and the fucking alligator teeth, like? So so that is that is a man's work. And women can make it a lot easier for us, a lot easier for us if you at least have a common ground of your shared wounding. Mm-hmm. In other words, you've done enough work together to know, like, hey, these are my five things that I'm sensitive about. These are your five things that you're sensitive about. Let's start from that place. Yeah. And you can get there from a medicine journey or breath work or whatever. You can get there in a lot of different ways. Let's start from that place. And then when we do find ourselves in a super low bank account, I can own, hey, you know what? My father wound's totally coming up right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: I feel like I'm being shamed. I feel like I'm being picked apart. I feel like I'll, I'll share my own relationship. I feel like I'm on trial. Mm-hmm. I've said that before. And you know, the person that I f- most felt on trial from in my life was my father. Mm-hmm. So it's really not about her having to perfectly regulate herself, although it'd be easier and every man would be like, fuck, yeah, regulate yourself. You know? but, it, but it's really, I, I do believe, I do believe that it is up to the man if the relationship works out or not. I do believe that. If you look at some of the teachings from like the Hasidic Jewish faith or the oldest faiths in the world, the man is the leader of the family. The man must lead. If he's not leading, the woman's going to pick him apart until he becomes a leader. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel. He, yeah, go ahead, babe.
2: Oh, well, I was just going to say, when you're speaking about men and women in general, you're speaking about the capital F feminine, which yes. the, f- yeah. the feminine can rage, can storm. That is emotion. That is flow. And, and it's by op- the
0: way, that can live in both genders. Yeah, N- totally. Masculine and feminine is kind of like inside yeah, of yeah, us at all yeah. times. Yeah. Yeah. We we talk yeah. about this scale a woman-
2: all the time. But yes. to your point, I am backing up what you're saying. Most women identify. That's a trick. That's a very like loaded word. It doesn't have to be. I know. I don't participate in that. Totally. Thank you. Same. Yeah. So most women resonate with a mostly feminine essence, meaning that most women rest in their feminine. Yes. I want to be penetrated, physically, emotionally, mentally by chase who wants to penetrate.
0: Lucky chase. <laughs> so like It's a nice tea up she you there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> so But that's good. the
2: that's the feminine is we are receptive. Yeah. We're also rageful. We're also emotion. And yeah. that exists in chase as well, but it exists in me to a larger degree. Sure. Hey hey homies. All right. Here's a question we get all the time. Is it okay for generally healthy people to take immune Intel AHCC, or is it just for people with serious illness? This is a great question. And most of the world is aware now just how critical a healthy functional immune system is in order to maintain long-term health. But it's still easy to forget about your immune system until it's too late, until there's a breakdown somewhere, until your body is dealing with something quite serious. So what happens when generally healthy people take AHCC? Well, it's sort of like fixing the roof when the sun is shining. And now your house is much less likely to flood because of a leak. How does it do this? AHCC works like a boss to quickly enhance the immune system, cell function, and communication. For example, the NK, natural killer cells, these are white blood cells that specialize in attacking tumor cells and cells infected with viruses. AHCC has proven to increase your NK cells by up to 800% in a matter of weeks. And T-cells, these immune soldiers are important because they help direct your body's immune response. Certain types of T-cells can actually seek out and kill foreign invaders. And AHCC helps promote optimal T-cell activity. I know that I want this intelligence in my body every single day. So Chase and I both take at least two capsules of Immune Intel AHCC every single day without fail. If you'd like to start blessing your body with this daily intelligence, go to themedicine.com forward slash products, or just check the show notes below. Cheers, boo. So I think it starts with understanding where you fall on the spectrum. And it doesn't necessarily mean man, woman. Of course, we can float back and forth between anywhere on the spectrum. Yeah. But in moments of charge, you, we need to know who is fitting which role here. Who is holding the container? If Chase has ha- just had a shit day and is super stressed out, I actually need to hold hold the container for his feminine to rage, maybe, yeah. and but you know, most of the time, it's gonna it's gonna work out probably the other way because you rest in the masculine, your nervous system is more practiced at holding space and the container yeah. for my feminine. Yeah,
3: I think having that consciousness and being able to play with those roles is ninja life skill in in relationship. <sighs> I mean, that's uh, the ultimate. It I is. I don't know if
0: there's anything more challenging and more rewarding than yeah. that. The exact. Thing. It is yeah. to your to your point when yeah. things are like it's fucking real real
3: issues it's real time all all tools on the tool belt are falling off <laughs> the masculine container of safety is like step 1 so if you yeah. if you can sit in that fucking container <clears throat> and handle the emotional roller coaster And sit there with grounded in safety. That doesn't mean. And there's a there's a really interesting book called No More Mister Nice Guy, um, which kind of articulates what happens when men, uh, specifically men, are kind of like walked all over by their mothers and significant others and and and, and just the feminine energy at large. Yeah, drilling into this idea that the, the feminine is testing. Your ability to contain her, whether Mm -hmm. she's aware of it or not. Can you hold me? Can you hold me? Can you hold me? me? Just like
0: kids, right? Like, can you hold me? Can you hold me? Can you hold me? This has been called, for lack of a better term, the shit test. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Women. And I say this with love, not with judgment. Women shit test men. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times they don't even know they're doing it.
2: If you can't handle my shit, how are you going to be able to handle a three year old in the backseat throwing stuff and literally like vomiting in five o'clock traffic and
0: And run your business and be intimate with me and hold the house and all this stuff like, whoa. And listen, like
3: the feminine has had to put that shit test out because there has been such a deficiency and a deficit in solid, strong, safe containing masculine counterparts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're testing this fucking container better be huge, man. And, but there's also an element to it where,
0: so first, you know, there's an integrated way to do that though. There I'm I'm not giving women a permission slip to just totally annihilate their man. Like there's a healthy integrated way that a woman can shit test her man. Yes. like, you know, I'm not, I don't know what that is, honestly, because I'm not a woman and I don't feel like I do that. No, you're, you're, but. you're totally right. And there's a, there's a proper, there
3: is a moment to respond. Yeah. I think David Data would say something like, don't respond at the emotional high or the emotional low of, yeah. of what's coming at you. Um, see to see into the center of her heart and, and what the truth of her heart truly uh, would, would be speaking and speak to that. Yeah. And so with that, I think the, the f- kind of the, the masculine characteristics that are thrown around in the, in the, self-development space all the time, leadership, direction, grounded, safety. There's an important order to these as well. And I think safety as Mm -hmm. number one is so critical Yeah. because if you start leading without having established container and safety, she won't want to follow. She is intuitive. She is feminine. She is able to pick up on what is likely a stronger nudge towards something than you are. So if you're gonna lead and be direction oriented, it
2: is yeah. critically
0: important that you listen to her. Yeah. Let's pause right there. I have to pee. We're gonna edit this out. <laughs> yeah, okay. And when we and when we come back, I will literally I would love to be able to to jam on that a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Because I do think that there's a healthy masculine and a healthy feminine inside of all of us. And sometimes my feminine might need to be held so I can cry. Yeah. Come on yeah, man. Like yeah. that's, that's yep. real. Yep. No, okay, I'll be right love back. It. Great. Okay.
2: So you you know John Weinland, right? You know of John I mean, Weinland's work? We're not like homies, but Okay, but have you read his new book from the core? Okay. No. Okay. Oh, it's excellent. Well, Let's go. Let's it, do it it's it's up there and um i think it just came out on audiobook on the 27th of this month Sweet. uh he's reading it and it is basically ushering in a new paradigm a new definition of masculinity and it's everything that you're talking about it's you know he he basically <clears throat> at length is is sharing yes men it is your responsibility yes. you are yeah. responsible for identifying this is not the experience that we want to have as a as a couple or as a unit. How do I create an environment of safety such that we can work together moving forwards? But yeah. he he very much calls out the masculine, less so men, quote unquote, and more of just the masculine. So this book is written to the masculine in all of us. And I think that just everything that you're sharing of what you're going through and what you are navigating in your inner world, yeah. I think that this that book could very much you.
0: that's a rad resource and what we were chiming on earlier was like um chase and i were talking about it during the break <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. we were talking about like traditional roles and I, I don't think that traditional roles need to be dogmatic but i do think that there needs to be traditions that we carry on that are of service in other words we don't need to always carry on every tradition some of mm-hmm. these traditions are pretty fucked up honestly right mm-hmm. there is a dark side of the patriarchy but there's also a light side by the way just like the matriarch just like the matriarchy. <laughs> yep. So, so yes, I understand where we're at with this whole patriarchy conversation. Like, oh, my God, you're part of the patriarchy, blah, blah. That's just wounding, honestly. Yeah. Most men that I know, most men that I operate with, we're not operating from that headspace. And so I think the reason I'm saying that is because a lot of men in, I'm sure the world, do still operate from that headspace. So it's not about fuck the patriarchy. I want to get really clear on that. It's not about fuck the patriarchy. That is the wrong come from. It's about, hey, integrated men. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> integrated yep. men. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. Now, you could define and we could go into what, what is an integrated man. I think it's a man that has mastery over the wellness pentagon that I've shared mm-hmm. for sure. But also, it's a man who's willing to, outside of that, do his work to clear his stuff. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. when I show up with Carrie and my father wound's activated, it's not like it's her fault. She's actually, in a, in a way, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> She's, she's bringing forth in me what needs to be healed. Welcome to relationships. So. Yeah, in that oh, moment, God. it's the medicine, right? In that moment. Yeah. But, yeah. but then again, on top of that, and this is the last thing I'll say, on top of that, there's also um, a healthy barometer of integrated feminine that she totally. brings. Yep. Right, And it's yeah. a very nuanced conversation. We're waxing poetic. Of course, masculine and feminine are in both genders. And some relationships work where the woman's the mm-hmm. leader. I would argue differently. I'm actually polarizing. I would argue differently. I think if a woman's leading and the man is subservient, I don't think that relationship could last. People could probably prove me wrong. Um, so that's certainly my, that's there's my always thoughts. outliers. There's always you know? outliers. I'm um, just saying. I'm just yeah. saying we're making sweeping generalizations. Yep. So yeah. yep. I I do think that that is something that is under attack. I think masculinity is under attack. Um, but instead of us like trying to defend masculinity, we just need to be integrated masculine. Dude, I don't totally. need to fucking defend my masculinity to anyone. Mm-hmm. I just need to show up as an integrated man. Totally. totally. So,
3: so let's go back to this situation where the shit storm is happening and you're sitting there as the container, but you're like, all right, the container is full of shit and I'm about ready to lose it. Where we can take in, we can usher in this new layer of masculinity that doesn't lose any of the archetypes of a strong masculine can still be direction oriented leadership oriented yeah where i think we get to shine this up is adding a layer of emotional intelligence to it so that instead of responding to the shitstorm with insults that you know will hurt them more than than how you have been hurt in that specific moment you can actually use grounded direction to pivot the dynamic of that situation into something more fruitful or more positive. What do you mean grounded direction? And so it can be like, I know the truth of your heart and the best version of you. I'm hearing what you are saying. You are frustrated. There is more of me that you are asking for. Mm -hmm. I assure you that I'm stable. I assure you that this is safe. Let's work through this without Insulting us, insulting each other to the personal pain points that we have thus far. I'm ready to move past this into productivity, into something that is solution oriented. I'm committed to being better. Will you join me in this? Let's work through this together.
0: Well, look, if we can all just do that, then (laughs) life would be great. But I mean, that's that's pretty profound. But it's tough, man. You get you get. How's his batting average on that? (laughs)
2: He's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's pretty good. All right. You're right. I up mean, there. of course, we, we both, like I was saying, like we both have our reactive moments. Um, but I would say, certainly, the majority of the time, he is embodying exactly what he's saying. It's sure.
3: tough. There, there's, it's hashtag boss babes out there. There, the women have oh, yeah. every right to step up to the conversation of this is how much I'm doing. Probably more so than, than ever, you know? And so it is, I think men have an opportunity to develop emotional intelligence to the degree Mm. that we can not only just hold shit together, but start to articulate how we are going to be able to
0: co-create something better than it, than it once was. Well, I think if we're going to have the conversation about intelligence, then it has to be at the end result of embodiment because intelligence can be masked. With mm-hmm. me gathering, with me applying. Yeah, man. But that's I, a great point. I've talked about this a yep. lot. Like the arc of wellness is gather, apply, embody. Mm-hmm. And people wanna skip the middle and go right to the embodiment or like mm-hmm. posting stuff on social. This is why in everything that I put out or in every conversation I have, in the beginning of my podcast career, I didn't do it. Mm. And it totally bit me in the ass because later on, when I showed up in a way that I told people I was showing up, they could tell. Mm. that's why I'm sharing everything I'm sharing, Mm -hmm. not to get like um, empathy or not to really get anything. Actually, I'm just sharing it because it's what I'm going through naturally. And it's, I think, what we all go through in any kind of relationship, homosexual relationship, heterosexual relationship. Like, yeah, this happens to all people. So Mm -hmm. I I think that really it's a call for strong men, strong women coming together. Mm -hmm. And even as I'm saying this, I already can feel people going, yeah, we already know but it's strong women and strong men coming together, stopping this fucking war of like the sexes really, (laughs) you know, this like men versus women thing. And unfortunately I, last thing I'll share is that I see specifically in the birth world and in the worlds that have in the sectors of our, of, of our society that have been owned by men in a very disingenuous way. I see a natural kind of pendulum swing where right now in certain categories of the world, there are women that are just raw in anger, mm. like total, like no integration. Like men are evil. Fuck men. I see that for sure. Yeah, and I see it on the other side too. I, I understand. I understand why the pendulum is swinging so hard to the side, because I don't know what it's like to not be able to vote or to be treated like a second class citizen right. or mm-hmm. to be beaten with a stick. Like I don't know these things, so there's yeah. it's impossible for me to be like we'll just get over it. I, I get that, but also this is to the to women. How long do you want to hold on right. to that? Right. How long does it serve you to hold the stick of anger in your righteousness and say, fuck men, fuck the patriarchy, fuck the system. We are so past that. Mm-hmm. The world needs so much more than that right now. Yeah. Like, please, like, yeah.
1: We've take, had our take f- that
0: anger and put <laughs> yeah. it towards something constructive. We need
3: upstream yeah. behavioral changes. No doubt. And no instead, doubt. we're stuck in the downstream flooding of upstream issues. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's yeah. also quite irritating. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I I do agree with basically everything that you're saying and and um I think it's really important for us this is you know we've mentioned like the masculine and feminine dynamic is so critical yeah. to operating in a, any sort of conscious relationship. And that's a piece of Marital advice that we never received, didn't even know what masculine and feminine energies were. Are you
0: kidding me? In La Mesa, California, yeah. we were not talking about no. masculine and feminine. No, it,
2: it, no it's way. Just, it is what it is. You learn, you live, and you <laughs> grow, and that's what it was. But, yeah. you know, we, I would love to hear from you what is a piece of um, relationship advice that you never received, wish you would have, and will be sure to share with your future children?
0: Wow. Well, there's quite a bit. I don't know how much longer y'all want to go. <laughs> but, but yeah, like definitely, let me take a breath actually, because that'll be, I was going to search for something to say rather than just like resting in your answer. Yeah, 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 take so, a <sighs> I would have learned the skill of emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. I would have learned how to regulate myself and not mirror society or parental models, mm. because, like I said, half my lineage is from Sicily. So, in the Sicilian culture, there's a lot of yelling. There's also a lot of love, a lot of togetherness. Mm. But it's a bit ungrounded because Sicily was taken over by a lot of tribes. Mm. Sicily, the island, was like it had a lot of hardship, and so that still lives within the genealogy. Mm. Mm. So, and the same thing with England and all the atrocities that went on there. I'm half English, half um, half a Sicilian. And so, my answer is like, gosh, yeah, would I have wished to have seen my father emotionally regulate himself? Absolutely. Would I have wished to have seen my mother emotionally regulate herself and not be essentially, you know, and this comes with love to my mom. Like, a lot of times she was a victim because it was the only thing that she knew. Mm. So, there's like deep compassion there for her. Like, you know, I don't judge her, I don't blame her for being a victim. Like, she did the best she could. I don't know what it's like to have a mental health disorder. I don't. Yeah. So yeah, I, I wished that is the number one thing. And honestly, everything comes from there because when I'm emotionally regulated, I have the spaciousness for more curiosity and more love and all these yeah. things. When I say emotionally regulated, what I mean is what I'm coming to terms with in the book that I'm writing is understanding how to marry the soul, the heart, the head. That's really what I'm talking about here mm-hmm. because if, if I can do that, to the best of my ability, well then that's the quality of my life if I'm Mm. emotionally regulated. And I'm sitting here as a not perfect emotionally regulated man. Like there are triggers that I'm still getting taught by. So I would say that. I would also say like the the aspect of tenacity and of resilience in relationship, Mm. I think it's very easy for people in this like instant gratification culture to not honor the traditions of our ancestors where people stuck it out yeah they stuck it out when the storm came and when the storm passed they were glad they stuck it out mm-hmm. and sometimes people do have to split like my buddy Mark groves he split with his lady yep. they came back together and now they're amazing but they yeah. had to fucking burn yeah. everything to the ground you all did it oh yep. yeah they yeah, had yeah. to burn everything to the ground to come from that place where something was brand new yeah and and sometimes that's just what it takes like it's I mean, I've definitely been there where we, we've had serious conversations. Like, do we want to do this? Do we want to do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the answer for me has always been yes. It's never been a 100% no. If it ever is 100% no in the future, I have to honor my soul. I would have to honor my soul. And, yeah. and I would have to say, here's why. Here's mm-hmm. why. But I think that those two things, like really learning emotional regulation, and I'm making sense of that through the kaleidoscope, And then also really having an understanding of like, how am I, how am I showing up in the ways that my father was in the ways that my mother was? How am I just simply modeling what I was shown? And also how can I like, I love you, dad. I love you, mom. Like Mm -hmm. you truly did the best you could. Yeah. And it lives with us in genealogy. It lives with us in epigenetics. It lives with us in the ways that we continue to wound ourselves from that place of lack or from that place of woundedness that we got wounded by from our parents. And I think that if we can just start there and just like have the conversation with that, fuck things would be maybe harder for a moment, but easier in the long term. Oh yeah, sure. there needs to be a grit quality. Yeah, and that grit quality can only come from people truly knowing themselves, and if they're acting out the sins of their fathers and mothers or not. We're we're so aligned. I, I value grit and
3: that ability to you got to be able con- to stick stick with something that you have said you're in. Yeah, and if, if there is still death that the worst part exactly, and and I think. With that comes also the ability to maintain patience for what you're talking about, which is we are a remote control that's been programmed by our parents, by our lineage, by past lives. Society, our phones. And we don't computer. we don't know, you know, I'm 32, but <clears throat> I don't know the button, the 33-year-old button that, that hasn't been pressed yet that all of a sudden, you know, uh, asshole... Uh, Thirty-three-year-old button's going to get pressed in in another nine months, and mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. And so there's this layer of just like being able to be patient with like, oh my god, I just word vomited this thing that I've never heard of before, and all of a sudden I sound like my grandpa. Yeah. And, and it's and it's yeah. being able to catch it, work with it, and 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 realize what's on the other side of working through that. But we're just the moment you think you're good, the is the moment you've you fucked up. Because we are, we are this like remote control that's got a million buttons, yeah. and the only way that they're going to get pressed is through life experience and age.
0: One, one thing I'll say, too, we need to honor our differences as men and women. Yeah. And truly, Like, I will never birth a child. I, I won't. <laughs> and how crazy is it that we have to justify me saying that in this yeah. kind of a world, because yeah. by me just speaking my truth, that yeah. means I'm violent. That We have to be aware that that is actually, in my opinion, that is demonic energy. Anytime that demonic energy wants to confuse people about who they are at their deepest soul level, mm. you're not a boy, you're a girl. You're not a girl, you're a boy. Mm. That That's like a snake. It's like a snake getting into a house. Mm. Like we have to be strong as a society yeah. for that shit not to occur. Now, granted, there there is a, pop, a specific percentage of the population that just deals with that. I don't have the answers as to why that's there. They need love and compassion
1: mm-hmm. and yeah. like
0: acceptance for for the choices yeah. that they've made. But- and again, I'm polarizing here, I think that that a lot of times that comes from severe trauma, um, people that have been raped or abused or whatever, and so they deem that gender unsafe, and so they change it within themselves. That's, I think, what happens quite a bit. Um, and I might be roasted for this, and I don't no, care. No, it's great. I, I really don't care. Like, that's just my truth, and that's what I yeah, believe. Man. No, yeah, it's great, yeah.
2: because one question that we had on our list but didn't ask you yeah. is, you know, what's an unpopular opinion that you maintain? And that's a question that we ask, again, it's like the God question, because I think it's a a skill to be able to... That's what is so severely lacking in our world over the last three years is for high-level individuals who have a lot of power to be able to sit down and intelligently, consciously talk through really hard topics. And when we lose that ability, which I would argue it's it's been lost to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. When we lose that ability, progress cannot be made. Whatever happens in the future is not, I wouldn't define it as progress. Yeah. I would say that it's, you know, it's maybe taking steps back if that healthy conscious dialogue is not there. So I appreciate you offering that unpopular opinion, even yeah. though we didn't even ask, because that is one that we ask a lot. You
0: know, what's interesting. I actually think, and this isn't like me being self-righteous. I'm like, I'm make sure I'm not. Yeah. Like, whether you believe this or not, from what I can see, it is the popular opinion. It's not the mm, unpopular right. opinion. I right. think
2: that you're right. I, I
0: think the, the far, far, far majority of people believe what I just said to be true, but they are fucking frightened to say it, because they don't want to be canceled. We live in a social media world. They don't want, if they live in Silicon Valley, good luck. All these companies are doing gender appropriation right? where they're just capitalizing on the movement right now and the the disassociation that children are having from themselves. I mean, the whole thing is actually chaos seeking order. It's sickness seeking health.
2: Yeah. Hey friend, I have two questions for you. Do you eat animal protein? Do you want to help support the restoration of our earth's soil? If you answered yes to both, then I invite you to look into Wild Pastures. This is Paleo Valley's sister company that offers a monthly subscription box that delivers affordable pasture-raised, high-quality cuts of meat straight to your door. Wild Pastures animals are 100% pasture-raised by family farmers right here in the U.S. using rotational grazing practices that actually mimic nature. On pastures free from pesticides and herbicides, no synthetic fertilizers, hormones, or antibiotics are ever used. As a result, the animals are healthy and happy. So right now, for new customers who choose the Wild Pastures Plus subscription, you get 20% off for life. You get free shipping for life. You can choose your own order schedule every four weeks, six weeks, two months, or every three months. You get exclusive plus subscriber discounts, and there are no fees or hidden charges. As a Wild Pastures member, you receive the lowest prices possible on the highest quality cuts of meat delivered to your doorstep regularly. And if you don't want a membership, they also offer one-time deliveries. With Wild Pastures, you're not only supporting your family's health with the highest quality meat, you're also supporting our earth, our home. If we as consumers can create the demand for more regenerative farming practices, the industry will respond and we will be contributing to the health of future generations. To get 20% off for life and free shipping for life, just check the show notes for the direct link to get your first box all set up. Enjoy.
0: So I get why it's happening. It just so happens that it's happening in our lifetimes. I don't mm-hmm. like it really, you know, it doesn't make me angry anymore. It used to make me angry.
1: Mm.
0: Now it just makes me sad. Mm.
2: Yeah, I get that.
0: Because below anger is sadness. So I'm just sad for the kids and just for people in general that have such atrocities pushed upon them that they would think that changing their gender or that leaving their physical body and going to another body that they create with a mental construct is actually a more safe place. That's so sad. That's so I mean, it, it, like, it hurts me to, yeah. to see that in people. They don't need my pity. They don't need my, my, my sorry. I'm sure that they're walking their way and, and figuring out what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if we were to be objective and go really high in the sky, <laughs> we would see that ultimately the dysphoria of gender is sad. It's incredibly sad. Yeah. And we're all making sense of why it's here. And I will say that it is the CCP coming into Hollywood. It is Hollywood itself with its agenda, with Silicon Valley's agenda. This is all happening before our eyes, and it's happening very quickly, and people aren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my podcast here. Like Everybody has to listen to the episode with J.P. Sears that we did mm-hmm. because the episode is so powerful that he said something that, you know, we can actually do harm with our helping hand. So people that want to, like, yeah. pa- honestly patronize and appropriate gender dysphoria, they're being harmful. Yeah, they're hurting everyone else and they're actually hurting the person by robbing them of their process. Life is supposed to be hard. We're supposed to go through struggle as as children. Mm -hmm. How many I mean, there's so many cases of of men and women online going, thank God my parents didn't chop off my breasts or chop off my penis. Thank God you let when me I went through. through
2: my tomboy stage. Exactly. Right? Right. I like yeah. to climb
0: trees. Let's cut off your tits. Right. I mean, it's just fucking, it's insanity. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking yeah. insanity. Yeah. So thank you for letting me share.
2: No, I, I appreciate that. We, we hold the space for unpopular opinions and I, I think I, it's popular. That's what I'm just about to say. Like I do. Yeah. Even though it's not, you know, on a lot of headlines right now. Um, it, I think that the majority of people listening right now hear the rationale, hear the logic and hear your heart. And, um, I think probably tend to agree with you. And I
3: think there's, so my next question would be for, for the popular opinion and for those of us who maintain the popular opinion, what would you advise them to, what action would you advise them to take in their life such that the unpopular opinion doesn't become kind of the, the, the status quo, the mainstream script we all have to follow and we can actually start doing this feeling free enough and safe enough to speak yeah let's go
0: i've got it we can do it right now you put a hand on your stomach you put a hand on your heart and you just breathe in through your nose fill your belly let it go through your mouth you do that as many times as you need to before the answer comes from here or here Mm. Mm. because if the answer comes from here like I know that it's really sad what's going on to these young kids and you find yourself going into the mind, like justifying it like, Oh, but you know, it's okay. Maybe it's just okay. Maybe they want to wear a dress. Maybe they want to wear this. I'm not saying that wearing dresses is bad. If if you want to wear a dress, wear a dress. It's all good. But I just think there's a certain healthy limit to how far we allow children Mm -hmm. to really be appropriated. It's really sad to be appropriated in the name of social justice in the name of doing good which is actually a helping hand that has a dagger on the back of it that's stabbing the people that it that it helps yeah. yep yeah so. and i
2: think part of the conversation that is very real and sorry i'm kind of hijacking i know you just asked him a question
0: no that, that was it you just go to the, you just yeah, go yeah, here yeah yeah and and if you find yourself answering from here it's not the right answer yeah i it's think
2: not. this the part of this conversation that is not being talked about enough but i've seen enough times to uh, to know that it's relevant um, and, and that it really does happen is um, people who do make the transition and maybe are there for a year, two years, whatever it is, yeah. or they start taking drugs and then they re- actually regret their decision and they try to go back and then they they can't. They can't. Now they're stuck in this limbo place where their maybe physical expression is is identifying as one thing, but now their mind is back in the, the original and uh it's it's a really sad place I've heard directly from, you know, several people's mouths that are currently experiencing this. And that part of the conversation is not being talked about. Yeah. And and I think that it, it needs to be. It needs to be. And I, I know that this, you know, whole episode is not just about sure. this topic, but like Man,
0: it's such a moving target, isn't it? Because I'm I'm always in the in the place of man, whatever I fight against or whatever I'm angry at, it just gives it fuel. Right. So I actually don't like having long conversations about dysphoria because it just brings it to people's opinion. Yeah. I looked at the the DSM. It's point zero 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 two. I believe two to either two one thousandths or two one hundredths of one percent of people Mm. that struggle with that. So we are not talking about something here that deserves as much bandwidth as it's getting. Right, right. it it's just it just doesn't. I know, des- man. You know, what, you know what? You know what it really is? It's a distraction. It's really a distraction, fed by the media, yep. fed by Silicon Valley, who controls everyone. By the way, most of the money that. Or all these companies, not, not just Organifi. I love Organifi. I'm sure Mushy Love, you have to go into the arena for um, social to make money, right? You have to get in there. Yeah. Yep. And so what are people being distracted from your great product or your great service by the gender dysphoria conversation, sure. the Kim Kardashian's puppy sweater conversation, right. all <laughs> this fucking meaningless bullshit that actually just ma- masturbates people's minds and it mm. just pulls them away from their heart and from their soul. That's a yep. great term. Or pulled, pulled away from the fact that, you know,
3: the value of their dollar is now, you know, half of what it once was. And, and we're completely it's, getting.
0: Uh, it can suck us <laughs> in, though. I, I've been sucked in before. So I have to like I can feel yeah. my. Because yeah. really my my inspiration to talk about it comes from my own sadness and yeah. my own reverence for what people are going through. So I'm not angry at it. You know, I've 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 walked the ladder on that. I was angry a, a, about a year and a half ago. I was like, what the fuck is I was so angry at the CCP and Silicon Valley and all these forces. But now it's like, okay, we can paint the problem, but like let's really roll the solution. The solution, just like men and women, is to be integrated, be loving, have conversations mm-hmm. like this on a grand scale. That's why podcasting yeah. is is so popular. Right totally. Now. We we need long form to be able to iron iron yeah. these out. You
3: know, we talked about yep. We talked about our world having a daddy problem, a lack of a, a safe, confident, stable father. We also talked about the feminine. In its real innate ability is to test the capacity of the masculine. Yes. And if we're lacking a father collectively, we're lacking a balanced, safe masculine, and our culture in its feminine is testing the boundaries of the masculine is the masculine going to show up as a safe containing energy with leadership to navigate us through this. Like I can't help, but think those are some of the thing behind the things as we like to say uh, going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's two part one, which I talked about earlier. You have to have a purpose. There there has to be some purpose. It could be being a parent. It could be an entrepreneur. It could be anything. But if you're, especially for men, by the way, I was listening to a podcast and I forget what it was. It was a study out of the UK and they talked about like the, in the top 10 of reasons that men perish, that men die in the UK. One of them was loneliness. One of them was not mm. having other men, not being in men's groups, mm. not not being, because men used to gather in tribes and women have gathered in tribes for eons. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that's just what we do. We gather yeah. in tribes. So I think it's two parts. I think it's one, we've, Going to events is like this luxury now. Like, oh my God, (laughs) we're gonna go to an event. It's not gonna be on Zoom. It's like, fuck that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that.
0: We need to make in person and events normal, nat actually normal is the wrong word, natural. Mm -hmm. Natural. Yeah. We need to make in person natural. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of it is the men that don't have a purpose, they're they're easily fucking chewed up and spit out by the machine because that's where porn comes in. That's where shopping comes in that's where all this stuff comes in to just eat them alive yeah so not everybody's gonna quote make it not everybody's gonna find their purpose not everybody's gonna they're gonna live out their dharma otherwise it wouldn't be present Mm -hmm. yeah but not everybody's gonna find their purpose and so i think it's if this is motivating you if you're feeling inspired by what we're talking about like really do this emotional inventory start finding your purpose a lot of times what blocks people from their purpose is all the shit they haven't inventoried yeah it's like blocking them from it's choking off their chi, it's just, mm-hmm. it's killing them. Yeah. So that's what I yeah.
2: think. Reminds me of the quote that we've all heard a hundred times, probably from Paul. Um, if you have a big enough dream, you don't need a crisis. Amen. And yeah. it's like, that is what our, co- our yeah. country and world is experiencing right Chills. now. We're, we're, we're being moved to yep. establish and create a high dream. And I think that we, all three of us here in our work and just, you know, here today at doing this podcast, like we are contributing to that high dream of the more beautiful world that we, you know, our hearts know is possible. Yeah. And that this is like our contribution to that. And, you know, we're living out our Dharma, our dream, and we're doing our best to be a part of the solution. And that's, that's what the world needs. We don't need more entrepreneurs making billions of dollars. We meet we need more people living out their dream. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Yep. If your dream is being a Starbucks barista and doing that work with an open heart and affecting people, shining your light on people, cool. If your if your dream is to build your own company with your significant other and impact millions of lives, just as cool. Like we, that's what our world needs more and, of. And
3: I think coming full circle back to the conversation of self love, and you made a point earlier, Josh, where you talked about, um, you know, sometimes you externalize. Uh, love, and I think why that can be really, really important is because when you find something that you love enough to put everything you have into it, mm-hmm. you will realize. And we lose, we lose the value of some of these cliche, cliche things because they get freaking corporatized and clicked on. And but you can only love someone or something as much as you love yourself. We've all heard it a million times, and it loses its value. Yeah. But when you find something that can be an individual, in my divorce, I realized. I love this person so much, and I didn't have the capacity to love her in the way that she deserved because I was not able to do so myself, to to myself. And I think the same can be applied when you find something you love so much. You'll hit a little bit of a ceiling. You're like, fuck, oh, my head's hitting something. Mm -hmm. Oh, damn, that's my inability to develop and love myself fuller such that I can now grow this thing that I love so much. You'll realize the cord that's connected between the two, and that can be another human being, and that might be the fire under your ass that you need yeah. to then work on yourself, right? And so all of this comes back down to what you've mentioned multiple times today. Embody, mm-hmm. integrate, put this thing into practice. Start getting the freaking reps. There's one thing I know about you and I've known you for you know five years now. You demand excellence from yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: And it's 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 been it makes it's, me laugh because it sometimes is to a fault. It is so, yeah, like yeah. I remember when I first started Organify and we're kind of evaluating the the people that we're working with, and you know we ebb and flow and have to cut various partners at various times. But I remember your email etiquette, the way that you invoiced the production of your show, even as it was growing. I was like, we can't lose this guy because he is excellent at what he does, and like so motivated by you and so inspired by you to embody and to demand excellence of oneself. Wow. Thank you, man. Feels
0: good to receive that from you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you.
2: So as we tie this beautiful conversation up in a nice bow, um, the last question that we ask, uh, most every guest is, you know, the, the medicine is all about discovering and leaning into the real medicines. Right. And, and really, um, putting forth effort to establish conscious relationships in every aspect of your life with your body with your mind you know with your partner so we want to hear from you uh, you know about these different medicines in different aspects of your life so we'll start with your body what currently feels like medicine for your body
0: cold tanks all right mm. you were ready cuz here in Austin it's so ridiculous yeah. i just got back from san diego yeah. and i went in the ocean and i'm just like Whoa, I <laughs> might have to move to San Diego at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, the cold tank is really amazing because, you know, cold brings breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you can't do cold. Yeah. So when, when cold brings breath, then I get two things at once. Yep. And actually, I get three. I get hormesis. So I get a relief of my um, heat that I build up in my body. If you follow doshas, I'm sure you've talked about different doshas on your show. So I'm like the, more of a pitta. Mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. lean towards that hotter side. Hence my sunburn uh, from the beach. That's why my face is red. You look Um, great. Thank you. So, yeah, like the cold is great because the cold cools me. The cold um, honestly gives me uh, the present moment of loving myself enough Mm. to breathe. Mm. And especially if I can not get in my head and just do it for three minutes. Just do it for three minutes. Three minutes of cold. I don't need to do it for five and seven minutes. It's, just like, it's, it's honestly just like a dick measuring contest. Like it doesn't matter how long you do cold tank. So yeah, that's a big one. Um, I would say that's great for the physical. Um, cold and breath and then sometimes just breath alone, you know, just breath just by itself. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think is really beautiful. Um, here in the studio, I have like a whole room with like a red light and all the biohacking stuff. And sometimes the best thing I do is just lay on the deck and just sit, lay in the sun and just belly breathe mm. for like 3 minutes that's the yeah. that is the medicine it, honestly if people want to like experience my medicine go to breathwork.io okay. because that's my program that's the students there in my program that's what we're leading with right now i know it'll morph and change in the future but like that program if somebody's never done breathwork before that is a wonderful place for them to start Mm. because it's three weeks. It's one step at a time. We're not like skipping all the steps at the convention center. Like it's one little thing at a time. And, um, I would suggest that everybody starts there cause I start there. Like that's my stuff. That's my work too, is to remind myself to breathe. So, but there's a way there's a, there's a posture and there's a technique and there's, and there's ways to do it that are beneficial. And it doesn't always involve like doing the Wim Hof and getting crazy. Yeah. there's a, there's another way that I like to teach Mm. I love just that. doing the intense breath work yeah. you know yeah 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 love that yeah but that's the physical
3: yeah what about um what about for your mind what feels like medicine for
0: your mind doing podcasts like this it, it's very intellectually stimulating because you guys are asking great questions you're prepared like you know <clears throat> that's what I like to do too yeah so so I really I appreciate that and I think that um you know, if it wasn't for podcasting, I don't know what I'd be doing. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I really love it so much and I love what we're doing so much. I think it, I think it nourishes a part of my mind, but really I think it nourishes a part of my soul that mm-hmm. always like wanted to have conversations, Yeah. but like mom and dad weren't there to have them. Mm. So I just love it because it like nourishes that young part of myself totally. on a regular basis. Totally. You know? So you- it's mind and body both. I, yeah. think, I think it's both. Yeah, uh, go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just gonna ask. Um, do you know your hum- your human design
0: manifesting generator? Okay.
2: Mm. Okay. I thought with that that beautiful sharing of your heart that you might be a projector because projector oh. is like I'm a projector and it's like so nourishing um, okay. because I need to project and you know, have my stuff come back to me to really yeah. integrate and learn. And I, it was just reminding me of literally how I feel. But uh,
3: the, the intellectual massage of podcasting yeah. and that there's this threshold that you step through when you come to a microphone that is like, Hey, we're not going to talk about the weather. Right. We're, yeah. I remember when, right. fucking yeah. Real. when I was in yeah. uh, Let's uh, talk when, about a, real when show. I worked for the firm, they, they send you to these different like camps and it's literally like building rapport with your client camp and they teach you how to bullshit people about like talking about the weather and like, Ugh. you know, the the that's edit- like soggy toast. It's yeah. so dude, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's so and bad. so like I hate stepping that. into yeah. podcasting is like a breath of fresh oh. air because it's like, yeah. wow, this this is like there's a spell that's cast is, that yeah. is, hey, we're only going to talk about deep shit. Mm-hmm. And it is just, or at least meaningful. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's just a, just an intellectual massage. Do yeah. I totally get that?
2: That's a great, great term. Intellectual massage. Yeah. What about for your relationship? I know we talked a lot about relationships today. Um, what currently does feel like medicine for you and your relationship with your partner or just relationships at large?
0: Being clear enough in myself that I can meet people where they are without my projections or my judgments Mm. on them. Mm. That's medicine for Mm. me. And how do I do that is by so many things we've talked about today. Yeah. But I would say that, you know, if there was one piece of medicine in relationships, it's being curious enough to love someone for who they are. Mm. Can I be curious enough to love someone for who they are? And, the only way i can do that is if i'm curious about what makes me tick yeah yeah so
1: yeah, I, mean, well, I just
0: I, over over 600 interviews i'm like i just keep hearing the same fucking medicine all the time to where i can't sit here and not give you that answer because everyone from like dr john gray to anybody you could imagine even kelly brogan it's mm-hmm. like all the same thing it's curiosity is the salve curiosity mm. is the love cu- but curiosity is not a light switch that you flick, yeah. just like self-love isn't a light switch that you flick. It takes time mm-hmm. to to do this and cultivate it and, yep. and be in its presence and, and learn how to wield it. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best. Yeah. I'm doing my best. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing a good job. I really do. I feel like I'm doing a good job. Could I do better? For sure. But then I'm going to get into that whole perfectionism excellence thing that you talked about. And, like, that's that's actually the shadow of, sure. yeah. of, what, I'm, of what I'm saying. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. I love that. Thank you so yeah. much for for sharing your wisdom and your your heart, and I just I, f- I feel it from you. And uh, we're super grateful just to to know you and to have be having this conversation with you. It's just it is absolute nourishment. It's our ultimate love language for yes.
1: sure. Yes, well,
0: Thank you both. And also when you come back to Austin, you, the studio is yours. So Hell yeah. we got to do another one of these on like a, maybe we'll pick three topics Yeah, yeah and we'll just go it. into the three topics. Let's do we'll it, man. Love yeah. it. Uh, we're we're in. all in. We okay. have so much more to, to talk about with you too. And, for
3: sure. and yeah. um, are you, yeah. are you
0: coming to Paul's for the tarot workshop? That's the plan. Okay. okay. Well, we'll something be there. changes. My friend's having a, a baby out there. Okay. And so we're gonna combine like the tarot and his baby shower. And all right. that's the plan. So if you guys, that's if you're
2: listening and you're in, you're interested, you know, you hear us talk about Paul Check workshops all the time. We're up there. If we're in town, we're at Paul Checks for his workshops. Um and you wanna you wanna meet and hug Josh in person. Um, mm-hmm. sounds like he's gonna be there at the tarot workshop November fourth yes. and the fifth. Yes. Awesome. Yeah.
3: Thank you so much, brother. This has been such a gift.
0: Yes, thank y'all.
2: All right, you guys, go spread some light. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore The Medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, along with the discounts, visit themedicine.com forward slash medicine cabinet, or just
1: check the show notes for this episode. Until next time, cheers, boo.